and it was founded 200 years ago. And they wonder why there's so much, uh, and we're still, so many masculinity issues in the in the military. And we're still sectors. making, uh, wow. you know, making uh, headlines with this kind of stuff. That's ridiculous. It's, it's so yeah. wild. It is wild. Uh, it's wild. If you would have said, was she the first woman, I would have said, no, well, surely they would have got with it last year at least. No, they <laughs> didn't. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spoon the Tea with Nancy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day good one. from CMR. <laughs> Brought to you Kiss FM by J. Hello. Michael. Fashion for everyone. Airplane you... always lives on. I love Airplane. Yeah. A great movie. What's up, Sandy? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> we just one bag of jokes. Yeah. yeah. So good morning. How are you? Good guys? luck. We're all counting on you. Um, so a couple of things making news this weekend. There was a, an accident. There's more than one accident, but... One that really caught some everyone's eye, which we're going to be breaking down this morning in the show, is um, Mario Rankin crashed yet another car. And uh, McL- uh, uh, McLaren? $300,000 McLaren, yeah. Pretty crazy. Wow. So this is not his first DUI. In fact, somebody informed us that he's actually in bail for another DUI. Huh. So when we talk about why our roadways are not safe, you know, it could be situations like this and people making poor decisions. So mm-hmm. we'll break it down. Um, so he was arrested on Saturday, uh, I guess early, that would have been early Sunday morning, right after midnight. And uh, we'll see how that flushes out for him. So where was this crash? Right, uh, Linford Pearson Highway, the end of it, before you come into the CUC roundabout. Mm. Right into the guardrail. You can wow. actually see the, the guardrail has a huge dent in it now. Wow. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of a debate going on about what the government can and can't do to banks about the increase in interest rates. So this is something else we're going to try to unpack for people. Um, The premier announced on Friday that he's been in talks with the banks for over a year now, trying to convince them to give us a little bit of a break, um, even if it means delaying the um, implementation of, of hikes by, you know, three months, a month, two months, anything to kind of give people an opportunity to work on their budget. And the banks have so far refused to do so. Hmm. And so some people are saying, Premier, do something about the banks. I'm not sure what they want him to do, but there's been a call for him to do more. Hmm. Charles Clifford, congratulations to him. He's sailing into retirement in 2024. So he's set to retire about a year from now. Um, in July of 2024, and his position is being advertised at the moment. So undoubtedly, they will be going through a very um, comprehensive, uh, you know, recruitment exercise. And uh, we'll see who the next head of um, custom director of customs and border control will be. He was appointed back in January of 2019, but most people know that he's a long-serving civil servant uh, mm-hmm. for some six. From when he was actually 16 years old, wow. um, he was a cadet, and then he went on to be a police officer, and um, he's done a few other things, yes. Somebody calling? Hello? So that, that's me. <laughs> the bat phone's going off. <laughs> not not showtime yet, folks. Not showtime quite yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so those are some of the major news headlines this morning, some local news headlines for you. All right. Thank you, Sandy. We'll catch you tomorrow, of course, for uh, headlines here on KISS, and uh, you can uh, hear Sandy's show coming up here in a minute. On Bobo 89.1 FM. We'll see you later. Okay. Have a great one. Time to style up this spring at K. 
All right, folks, good morning to everyone. How are you guys doing? I'm not sure who's calling me, but I'll get to you in a second. Let me grabbing all my links. And we're going to be live in about 10 seconds. Good morning, Miss Ervalyn. Yes, honey, chill. Mm-hmm. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live, direct, it's the cold hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936-2626. That number again is 345-936-2626. All right, good morning, good morning, beautiful people. How are you guys doing? How is everybody? I hope you guys are doing well. Buenos dias. Happy Monday. You guys know me on a Monday. I love me a Monday. Hello. Ah, look at the beautiful people. There we go. Hey, let me adjust. I'm actually wearing shoes. So I got to adjust that just a little bit to compensate for another couple or inch and a half more in my height. Good morning to everyone. So how was your weekend? Did you guys have a fabulous weekend? We're gonna get into lots of news here. We do have some guests joining us at about 8.30. But listen, that's plenty of time for us to go through a whole lot of sus and then some. So good morning to Irvelyn. Alejandro is here. Charlotte is joining us. Uh, we're gonna talk about Friday and the bicycle thing. I've still got the bike here in the studio. And we're going to still keep at it. And a few of you were like, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. I'm going to tell you guys a bit about how I came to the conclusion that this is a great idea and what is it that I'm trying to accomplish. So good morning to Olivia. Um, we should be on the radio. Honey Chow. Do you not hear us on the radio? We should be good. All right. I, I try to remember to hit that. I've got the tab side by side so that hopefully I try to remember to do both. Um, somebody says, yes, you're on. All righty. Yes, because we got some sauce for y'all today. You don't want to be missing this one. Um, let me see who else we got here. Andy is in the house. Miss Joy joining us from Texas. Diamond Princess, good morning. Hello, Robert. John Levy is here. KK says, gotcha. All right, honey chill. Oh, I need my honey chow mugs, hopefully this week. 
Uh, First Lady Jayanne says, good morning, beautiful people of the Cayman Islands. Aliano joining us from Windsor Park. Uh, Nez, buenos dias. Oh, Sandy, como estas? Uh, Alejandro says, treadmill this morning. No, but you know what? We're going to work up to that because in my brain, I've already figured out, Alejandro, how it's going to work. Damien, good morning. Juanita, buenos dias. Uh, Richard, good morning to you. Vote for Mario, says KK. Lord Jesus. Good morning, everyone. And my hot sauce is ready for hot topics. <laughs> By the way, Ronaldo is traveling. He's in Europe at the moment. And I saw him post a picture, speaking of hot sauce. And um, he posted up that he he's like, when traveling in Europe, you carry it with you. And he's got literally a bottle of hot sauce on the table. <laughs> only, only Caribbean people. Good Lord, y'all love a hot sauce. So he's got his bottle of, of um, hot sauce on the table, ready to ready to put on the food. Lord, I I'm I'm not I don't mm, I don't have to travel with hot hot sauce. Trust me, it's just not a requirement. My stomach can't take the heat quite like that. Uh, I remember one time my mother-in-law made some curry chicken. Now you know Indian people, their curry chicken is a little bit different than the rest of us, right? It's a different type of curry, and what they do is they actually burn the curry at the bottom of the pot before they actually add the chicken and whatever. Like we pre-season it and do all kinds of other stuff. Their method of doing it is very different as well. So um, she makes good curry chicken now, honey child. But ooh, one day she made it and literally I felt like my stomach was on fire. It was so peppery that, that, that curry was just like, oh my God. I was like, I think I just have an ulcer from eating one plate of curry chicken. And it was good. I couldn't stop eating it. But geez, um, peace, no sir. Mm-mm, caliente. Mm. So um, listen, on Friday, uh, you guys saw me on my bike. Ta-da. It's still here and I'm going to do it again today. I don't know how many total minutes I got in, maybe 10, 15, because I was like doing a minute here, doing a minute there. I actually was really, really glad to have the premiere on because he gives very long-winded answers. <laughs> and so on Friday, that worked out really well because while he was talking, I could have been pedaling. And so that was fine. Um, and I actually feel slimmer today. I know this is so crazy. One day of, of working out, you're like, really, Sandy? But I do feel less like bloated and everything. Like I feel like, you know, I just feel better. Um, and so we're going to continue it. I was not as sore as people thought I was going to be. Everybody's like, oh my God, you're working out too much. I'm like, Ugh. I haven't done anything in a while. So I was like, yes, I'm not going to overdo it. I felt a little soreness in my um, shoulders. And I think it's because I need to actually adjust the height of the bike seat, which I've done now. And then inner thigh. Ooh, inner thigh was like, mm, you're trying to burn off some fat here. I will go on. So that happened. The rest of the legs, not too bad. I've actually got really strong legs. But here's the thing that is the most amazing. Okay. You know, I've been having this problem. Um, I have foot problems normally because I, I, I walk, it's mechanics. So I walk very heavy footed as Caribbean people would say. I'm not light on my feet. Like I'm not a, a you know, dainty ballet dance or anything. I walk heavy feeted. And so I almost stop when I walk. Uh, and I tend to, on the right side more than the left, I put a lot of pressure on the ball of my foot. So this means that the ball of my foot is constantly sore. And I think this has been a lifelong mechanical issue. And then sometimes what happens is if it gets like super sore, it's actually causing pain to radiate, like nerve pain to radiate from the ball of the foot. And it like goes into the toes and everything. It's really uncomfortable. 
a lot of times I notice that when I'm like at night trying to relax and finally get to sleep, that's when it exasperates and it, it's like, oh my God, it's so painful. So anyway, but outside of that normal foot issue, um, lately I, I had a twisted ankle or twisted across the foot, whatever that muscle is, um, or tendon or whatever on the left foot from December. And then a couple months ago, I twisted the, the right one. And so I've been doing all kind of physio on my feet, a shockwave therapy. And I noticed that after the bike ride on Friday, my feet, generally speaking, actually felt better. It sounds a little crazy, but I think it's the movement of pedaling was actually working out the Achilles and everything else that was like causing me some pain. It's not 100%, obviously, but it's felt the best it has in months. Yeah. And I've been doing, you know, a couple of times a week, I go in, I do physio and we do the, the treatment, um, the shockwave, we're doing TENS machine and all sorts of stuff. I'm supposed to be doing acupuncture, but I haven't been making time for acupuncture, unfortunately. But yeah, this is the best that it's felt. So I'm like, you know, movement is good for you folks in more ways than one. So it's not just about, listen, exercise is not about weight loss. Y'all know this already. 80% plus of weight loss is actually what you put in your mouth. So it's all about the diet. Like you could have the best exercise program in the world. And if you're still eating all the wrong things and, you know, sugary stuff, carbs and the works, um, you'll never really lose much weight. Uh, even you see a lot of super athletes, like, you know, defense linebacks and whatever, you know, they pack on, they actually carry some, some weight, um, some fat, you can see it on them, but because they run up and down a football field so much, you don't really, they kind of maybe keep it down a little bit because of the exercise, but because a lot of them are eating all the wrong foods, the second they stop, um, then they blow it up and they really have a weight problem. Like, have you ever seen an athlete go from, you know, being a, a great athlete, and then all of a sudden they're like an obese adult. It's because their their diet was never right. Uh, the exercise can can help, but it's not it's not the magic bullet that people think it is. So for me, exercise is more about um, feeling better. Uh, endorphins are good for you, you know, mentally and everything else. So it's good for the brain. And um, you know, exercise has a lot of other benefits, being more flexible just having more stamina, you know, even when, once you start an exercise program, even when you're not exercising, your body still revs up and, and will continue to burn um, some of the unwanted, you know, um, calories really. But again, the diet really is the most critical thing. So I'm feeling good. Um, I wasn't over sore or anything like that. And I'm going to do it again today. I still haven't figured out my mic situation, so I'm trying to work on how best to, I think I might have to get a wireless mic if I'm really going to do this right. Um, so I'm going to try to work on that. That might not be an immediate solution, but I've got some guests coming in. So here's how it's going to work. When guests are talking, I'm going to jump on the bike. That'll give me like a minute or two while they're talking. And then when people call into the show. So this is where now I'm going to welcome people like um, Denny. And he can talk for as long as he wants because the longer Denny talks, the more pedaling I can be doing. So that's the idea, folks. Here's why I came up with it. I stand here every single morning for three hours. I'm supposed to be losing 50 pounds by August. Eh, I don't think it's going to happen now that I'm re realistically looking at it. But we're not giving up. We're going to see even if it's 20 pounds, we're going to work on it. And I think to myself, I really do want to exercise, but time 
is always a problem, but I've got a captured amount of time every single morning, Monday through Friday for three hours, at least I'm standing here. And so I've been thinking about this. I could be walking a treadmill during this time. I could be like, there's nothing wrong with walking a treadmill, watching TV at the same time, like trying to multitask, right? Like, you know, you want to watch TV. You don't have to sit down on the sofa. You can exercise and do it. So that's the idea here is that I'm going to ride the bike. That's the easiest thing to do. But like Alejandro said, other things are going to come. It's going to require a little bit of trickery on the back end. But I can join the studio even from my phone and be in the gym, walking the treadmill, doing the elliptical and other things. So you guys are going to go on this journey with me. I guess whether you really want to or not. <laughs> We're going to do it together and we're going to see um, how much Sandy can change her bad habits of not exercising. The diet is coming along and uh, we'll see how it goes. Everton, good morning. Off to the beginning of summer today uh, is Memorial. So an early day for us. Oh, yes. You guys have a holiday in the U.S. of A. Congratulations. Memorial Day. Um. Alejandro, oh my gosh, you guys are so naughty. Good morning to Miss Bonnie. Charlotte, good morning. We're gonna talk about banks a little bit later on as well because some of y'all were trying to come at me about this whole banking thing. And I have to pause and wonder what is wrong with you all. And I'm gonna tell you why. All right, so let's talk first about um, this accident over the weekend. This made news. There, there is a, a video that somebody sent me I got to preview it though, because I don't know. Um, I had it on mute when I was listening to it. So hopefully it doesn't have any profanity in it. Let me, hold on. Let me just check it. I'm going to just play some background music while I check this real quick. Um, let's do a little greeting from DJ Yo Yo. All right, that one, that one is fine. That one's good. All right, so we're going to play that one because it's a little bit funny. So listen, everybody knows Mario, I think, if you don't know him well. Um, he, uh, oh, Lord. Uh, 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 uh. How do I how do I break down Mario? Um, there, there's so much to unpack. There really is. Oh Lord, some of y'all are too complex for me. Like the, just uh, all right. He's a local. Oh Lord, you know he ain't get upset with me. No matter what I say about Mario right now, there's no way that I can get this right. He's gonna be upset, and I kind of don't care because we gotta speak the truth in you, brother. I wish for Mario's sake and for the sake of his children that he would get his ish together. I mean, dude, what is wrong with you? One of the videos I can't play because it's him cursing at the police. And, you know, we can't have profanity on here. But yes, Mario, ugh, let, let me give you the cold hard facts. And then I'm going to interject some opinion into that. I don't know what's wrong with Mario, but I think it's fair to say that the man has an alcohol problem. We've talked a lot on this program about people who have addiction problems. Some of y'all addicted to sex, some addicted to weed, some addicted to alcohol, some addicted to just thievery, scamming, bad behavior. There's a whole gamut of things that people appear to be addicted to. For Mario, he's got a couple addictions, a couple bad habits. Um, the first one definitely seems to be alcohol. 
Right now, he's on bail. Hear this. He's on bail for another DUI incident. And he's already got conviction for other DUI incidents. It's like, dude, what is wrong with you? Listen, y'all like to drink. I understand it's a thing. You go out, you have a few drinks. Maybe you can't gauge how much you're drinking and you can't stop. Like, I don't know. You know, what you could do is um, take a friend. I keep telling y'all, have a buddy with you who doesn't drink or doesn't need to drink every time you go out. And that person can be the designated driver. Because we had the most deaths on our roadways last year. Doesn't seem like y'all are slowing down any, none at all. We're headed in the same direction. At some point, this isn't even funny. Like, you know, the aspects of it that you kind of go, oh my God, Mario again. He's always crashing these super fast, expensive cars. A $300,000 car? Like, dude, people would use that money to buy a house and you managed to crash it into a guardrail off of the Linford Pearson Highway. Like, Something just not clicking. But beyond that, if Mario keeps up this behavior, one of these days, he's going to kill someone. Do y'all understand me? There's only so many times, folks, that you can get a DUI, that you can get caught drinking and driving and all this other foolishness um, on the roadways that you can be out there speeding before you're going to have, time just isn't on your side, brother. Mario, please stop it. This dude has already had a near death experience. Like, I don't get it. What, what, what's the problem with, like, you can't control yourself? Like, uh, listen, if a near death experience doesn't change people, you have to understand, except for the blood of Jesus, that nothing will change them. Yeah? And I kind of feel like this is a situation with Mario. Whatever is going on with him, he's not going to change. So in my opinion, the laws have to change around people like him. How many DUIs do you need before you get stripped of your license for life? Like seriously, you've, you've lost the privilege because it's a privilege to be driving on the roadway with the rest of the people. And listen, this was midnight, right after midnight. This isn't like three, four o'clock in the morning when all the rest of us are sleeping. I could have been in the road at midnight. That's not that late. You know what I'm saying? I could have been in the road with my child and this dude acting the fool, drinking and driving over twice the legal limit. So the day he kills somebody, it's going to be like, okay, what innocent person is it going to be? Hmm? How is this going to work out? Everybody's like, well, maybe he'll only kill himself. Well, there's no guarantee of that. Um, you know, honestly, there really isn't. So he may kill himself. And of course, then his family, he's got a, a wife, a couple girlfriends, and um, a couple kids. I think at least three kids. He's got a son and a daughter with his wife, and then a couple outside children, right? These children are going to feel the loss of their father, whatever his demons might be in life. You know what? Kids still love him. I'm sure of that. And so he's going to literally penalize his children for his bad choices. And this is how it works, folks. When you do foolishness like this, it's your kids and the people that you leave behind that are going to be trying to pick up the pieces. Can somebody get him into rehab? 
or get him some help. There's some people who should never touch alcohol. They just can't handle it. Yeah. They just do stupid stuff. We saw, um, was it last year when he was out at um, the Strand cussing and carrying on, on, cussing at the police and carrying on? We covered that because, of course, somebody recorded. Actually, I think he recorded it himself, lambasting the police about, oh, they don't know what they're doing. and There's too many of them out there. You know why he was cussing and carrying on about the police? What they should have been doing was testing him that night, too, because he was drunk. In case y'all didn't see the video, he was definitely drunk in that video. So he doesn't want the police to be at places like where he was on Saturday night at um, the office, right? Talking to people and seeing who's who's walking out of there and maybe saying, hey, do a little breathalyzer. He doesn't want that because he doesn't want to get caught with yet another DUI. Yeah, he's already on bail. He's already got a conviction. It's like how many times, Mario, this is at least a fifth or sixth time to the best of my knowledge that he has crashed. What he normally does is he leaves the scene of the accident so that they can't have him take a breathalyzer. But this time what he tried to do, or what he did, not what he tried to do, is he was cussing out the police officers. Now, you know, these police officers have a hard job. I I give him a hard time sometimes and... I also appreciate the hard job that they do have. And so I feel bad for them when they come across somebody like Mario. And this is when I know that I couldn't be a police officer because honestly, that baton, which I don't think they carry batons anymore, I would have taken that and just tapped him on the knee a couple of hard times and be like, listen to me, don't get face at me. But apparently he was cussing out the Jamaican police officers. You're effing Jamaicans and blah, blah, blah. And this and that, and you can't talk to me. I'm going to call the police commissioner. Acting like he's somebody. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Mario, like what the what? the what? You're going to call the police, off, the police commissioner because you have him on speed dial, I'm sure. You know, I, I hate to see people trying to pull the power, power car, um, card. Because uh, it says more about them and their personality than anything else. Who, who you is. Who you be, honey child? Some little boy that came from Windsor Park. First of all, your father's a Jamaican. So don't be cussing and insulting Jamaicans. I'm sure if your father was still alive, he'd box you. All right? Don't discriminate against Jamaicans. They were the first two. It was two officers came in different vehicles from what I understand, traffic officers. And they were the first ones to um, pull him over. So, of course, he was belligerent and upset. We have the video with him cursing and going on. Go look at the go look at the page. You'll see it posted in the article. Yeah, so he caught some of his tirade, but he was really, really going on stank as them as as came out. He was stank. His attitude was stank. Yeah, he believed he's somebody. I'm gonna call the commissioner and you. You can't make me take no breathalyzer test and blah blah this and blah blah that. He even went on about his eye being injured. This is a little nugget for you that wasn't in the story. But he claims that he had an injury to his eye and the way he was making it sound, it was like you would have sworn his eye was falling out. Nobody should feel sorry for him if he has any injuries, to be honest, because he's causing this on himself. So, you know, eyewitnesses said, oh, gosh, he just had a few little scrapes, but he was begging somebody. Oh, my God, I need tissue for my eye. I need call an ambulance. I need help. Oh, drama queen, honey, chill. Mm-mm-mm. The best of them. So anywho, um, 
they didn't see no major damage to that. A few little scrapes. This McLaren is apparently a three hundred and something thousand dollar car, which is ridiculous. I mean, but you know, let me be very clear because everybody keeps asking me this question, and I don't know how to answer it. People are like, mm -hmm. "What is it that Mario does for a living? How does he get to drive around in a three hundred thousand dollar car and still living at home with the wife and can't afford to actually move out of the woman house? You're not in a relationship with her. You got all these side women." Right? You're dating some powery girl now. And then you were out with an Asian girl that night. Um, and no telling how many other side chicks you have. So, you know, he goes home when he can't afford rent or a place of his own. But you're driving up and down in a $300,000 car. Well, everybody says this particular one wasn't actually his car. He was driving uh, his business partner. What's the guy's name? Some... Butch Butcher, Jason Butcher or somebody. I don't know who he is, but apparently he's some guy who wants to, um, who wants to uh, start at some Bitcoin payment currency portal or something. I don't know. But honestly, I, uh, I was like, who, who in their right mind would loan Mario a car? That's my first question. Y'all would do that because you don't know that he has a track record of crashing vehicles. And it doesn't matter if it's an expensive vehicle, he crashes them just as he much, he just as well as he would a Honda. The dude is crazy. So I don't feel sorry for his business partner, Jason. Because guess what? No, no insurance company in Cayman should be insuring this man now. Come on. There is some part of this that has to be gotten under control by the people around Mario. He's not capable of doing it himself. I understand that. But the insurance companies, the courts, or legislators, y'all need to look carefully at people like him who flagrantly just throw the laws to the side. They don't care. They're repeat offenders. They're going to do whatever they want to do when it comes to this type of thing. How many chances does Mario think he's going to get crashing vehicles before one day his ticket is going to be up or he's going to kill some innocent person? I'm not as sympathetic towards him if he kills himself. But the problem is, there's no guarantee of who he's going to kill. It could be me. It could be you. It could be your 80-year-old granny trying to get home. Right? It could be a pedestrian walking from work late at night or in, in the early morning hours that this man is going to take out. Y'all see the guardrail? Go and look at it. Linford Pearson Highway, right before you get to the CUC roundabout. That metal guardrail, got one big dent in it right now because of this man. He has destroyed a $300,000 car. I want to know what insurance company got paid for this. Who was the car insured with? Because I don't blame them one bit. I don't care if the car is in Jason's name or not. They should say, Jason... You know, this man has an existing DUI. I don't even know if he's able, he's supposed to be driving, right? He's got convictions. 
He might have his license taken away. I don't even know. But this is who you're letting drive your car? A man who has a track record of crashing vehicles left, right, and center? Who normally leaves the scene of an accident with no regard for anybody? Just so that he doesn't get yet another DUI? I didn't know that Mario's problem was so bad. But I remember... Um, Oh, gosh, this would have been remember when he had the tirade with the with the governor when he cussed out the governor and he carried on like a real lunatic. And trust me, we all know from experience that he has a real potty mouth. Now, all of us are capable of having a potty mouth, including myself. So I'm not going to say anything necessarily about that. But his, his temperament goes from zero to like a thousand in terms of his anger levels. I've had people say that this guy needs anger management. Like, it's really that bad. And I'm like, really? Wow. These are people who've had the unfortunate pleasure of having to work closely with him. And they're like, yeah, the dude got some anger issues for real. I'm like, really? So um, here he is assaulting the police verbally. They should charge him with disorderly conduct because that's a thing. The first two police officers called for backup. So the next ones to come for backup is Stanley Clark. Y'all know Stanley, big, tall guy. Um, uh, what, what's his, what, are, what is it, what's his nickname again? I know some people call him Clarky and I think people call him something else, tall man or something. I don't know, but everybody knows Stanley. He's been there forever. Stanley Keem and another female officer Keem. So he kind of calmed down a little bit with Stanley because Duffy knew who to frighten. So he started, you know, Stanley also Jamaican started to calm him down a little bit, but he still wasn't cooperative, still refusing to give a breathalyzer test. And this, that, and the next thing, and all oh, you police officers, blah, blah, this, and blah, blah, that. I mean, the dude is just like crazy. So um, he actually claims that somebody ran him off the road. So they still weren't really getting him under control. So then they turned around and called for FRU. Now, those are the guys with the guns, honey, chill. So then they came. Imagine six police officers had to attend. Yeah, KK says Super Mario. Super dumb Mario is what he is. Six police officers had to attend the scene in order to get him to simply blow. And I heard of such foolishness in my life. And to calm him down. So when the FRU guys came along, then he starts talking foolish about, oh, you guys pulling your guns on me. What are you doing pulling your guns? And these guys not pulling no gun on him either. He also is a, a pathological liar. Because nobody pulled a gun on him. He was just, they were just there like, okay, what's the situation? We come in here to give some backup. What's going on here, sir? You better calm yourself down. So he saw them with the guns and, you know, the gear and whatever. And I guess maybe he started to get a little bit. They should have picked, they should have taken that, that little taser and just taser his behind. That's what they should have done. I bet you he would have calmed down then. And he would have pooped all over himself too. Anyway, eventually Stanley said, listen. Uh, go ahead and um, arrest him and do what you got to do. So after they arrested him, he finally, I guess, decided, yep, he's going to blow. And he blowed over double the police officer. Uh, oh, yes. Well, sir, that's over double the legal limit. Over double the legal limit. Over double the legal limit. Please throw away the key. In order for the, I saw somebody comment here, well, I'm blaming the courts. No, 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 no. We need to blame our legislators first and foremost. Because in order for the courts to have that kind of power, the legislators need to change the law 
and make it happen. They've just changed a law to reduce the um, the legal limit because they're like, there's too many tr- drunken drivers on the road. There's too many DUIs, too many accidents. We got to get tough on this. Well, t- tell you what, if you really want to get tough on this situation, you need to start giving people some kind of a point system where they have the possibility of losing their license for 25, 30 years or for life. I'm sorry, but you should not be able to take somebody's life in a DUI where you were at fault and ever get behind the wheel of a car again in a couple years. And you serve two little months in jail. That is just absolutely ridiculous. We need our MPs to get it together. Seriously. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Uh Uh-oh. I think I might need you to call back because I had to replug the phone in. Hold on a second. I'll call you back. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, I mean, this is the thing, right? This is this is a situation now that we're dealing with. The legislation needs to be no nonsense. When Once the legislation is no nonsense, then the courts can actually enforce it. Good morning, Amiria. She says, I don't think any insurance pays out for accidents caused by DUI. No, they're not going to pay it. And I tell you what, his, his business partner, Jason, not going to get $300,000 out of him. Good morning, Sandy Dexter here. How Good morning, Mr. Dexter. How are you? Let me try this. My, you know, I got um, the senior citizens hearing problem. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> a good show this morning. Um, I mentioned this the last one when you were talking about all the drunk driving is going on. Government needs to implement this instrument that they have in Canada and probably have it in the United States as well, where if you are convicted for driving drunk, mm-hmm. you lose your license and you, I think I called in a couple about months ago um, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but only what my my wife's um, brother-in-law told her he was convicted of drunk driving. Mm-hmm. He lost he lost his license. He had to spend about five hundred dollars to connect this instrument, which he has to blow into the car into this instrument. And if the and if if it shows nobody else, no police or anything have to be around. This instrument will not allow you to um, not allow you to um, drive. The car even start. Yes. And you're not allowed mm-hmm. to drive any other car that you tell them what car you have, and they will make sure that that is onto your onto your car, and you cannot drive any other car. If you if you drive any other car, you will go to jail. Mm-hmm. You are only allowed to drive that one car, which is designated to um, uh, to you, mm-hmm. because you told them that's the car that you you own and you drive. So you know they need to implement that in, in a system here, and you find less people driving drunk. 
You know, they're taking people's lives and then they don't want to take, take, uh, admit that they have a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a sad situation. Um, and while I'm here, you know, rather than call you back, um, mm-hmm. I saw something that was really made me feel good mm-hmm. over the past. Uh, there was a guy, a uh, big uh, excavator, right across from uh, Gary Hillock's uh, church on, um, we call it, Regional Partisan Drive. And I saw him cleaning, you know, uh, pushing down the trees and whatever. And I didn't think anything of it until, because I had like a buffer in front on the roadside. So I couldn't actually see what was going on until, I think it was, I think it was Thursday or Friday last week when they cleaned out. And you mm-hmm. could see, and the person that owns that property, mm-hmm. I don't know, I've been trying to find out the name of that person. Mm-hmm. They preserved 33, I, I, that's what I counted, it could be more, mm-hmm. 33 um, mahogany trees. Mm. One, uh, mo- most of them is about six inches, you know, uh, in diameter, not other diameter, but anyway, it was, it, they're, they're tall, but they're, their trunk isn't that big. And then there's a huge one that also preserved, I think, you know, in one's life, we get up in the morning, and 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 we we see something negative. We don't mention. Uh, we always ready to jump on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. But if you see something positive, nobody wants to talk about it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. unimportant. Right. I want I, I want to make everybody's life a living hell. Yes. And, you know, and I saw that, and I I want to give a big shout out to the person that owns that property. Okay. I tried to find out. I even asked. Uh, some of the drug heads here in West Bay, mm-hmm. if they know what's going on. Because they know what's going on. They know everybody. I know. And nobody seems to know who owns the property. It's right across the road from um, Gary Hillock's church. And I, oh, and, okay. and I, that made me feel so good with all the destruction of the environment. I think that man needs to be given full recognition. Thank you so much, my dear. Appreciate it. Okay. Okay, Sandy. Thank you. All right, darling. Have a good one. Okay, bye. So a couple of suggestions have been coming in. Now, one source um, has shared that apparently, and I see a lot of you commenting about this, that nobody's going to pay out for this car. So this is, he's just, he has just thrown $300,000 down the proverbial dream because no insurance company is going to pay for a DUI, especially in light of the fact that he already has a DUI conviction. I don't even know how you get insured if you have a DUI conviction. I guess because you still need insurance to be able to drive. So he's not going to get paid out for this car. I'm also told that Jason Butcher no longer had it in his name. So there you go. It was all on Mario. A $300,000 car, Mario, which he's had for about, um, you know, four months or something. Like, seriously, dude? You, you need you need help, and you need to admit that you need help. Don't take any insult out of this. We're just giving you a dose of the cold hard truth. Now, some of you are talking about these breathalyzers and cars. I've mentioned this before. I don't think it's a bad idea. But one good question is, how do you ensure that the person who's supposed to be blowing in it is the one blowing in it? Because, you know, y'all always find a way 
to scam the system. So you might go have your friend blow and then you start up the car. Um, you know what is so crazy? Just this morning, I saw a headline about um, in Jamaica, how they're concerned about their high school kids. They're not concerned about um, high school kids' academic performance. They're concerned because a growing number of high school children are becoming professional scammers. And I had to say to myself, well, I'll be they're taking some lessons from some people here in Cayman, that's for sure. Um, thank you um, to someone clarifying. They said Stanley's father is actually Caymanian. So I appreciate the correction. Um, anyway, tall man, Stanley showed up. All these people showed up. Aliano says he thinks it might have been too much for FRU. Uh, he says an FRU response to a crash incident is too much and lacks fundamental protocol. The current officers at the scene should have enough judicial means to arrest. It's not about whether or not they should have, but um, the fact that they had to call four additional officers, six in total, three different sets, to come to the scene with this man, Aliano, is the point that you should be understanding here. That's how belligerent and stupid Mario was going on that night. Now, I don't know if when he had that little accident last year, dropping off the second floor of his house, if that didn't knock any sense into him, but clearly it didn't. Maybe, I wonder if it knocked any more sense out of him. I don't think that would have been possible either, but there you go. I don't know. Now, you know, for what it's worth, uh, Mario has a platform. He does his little, I think he's only doing it like once a week now. He does his little show word of mouth. Um, he's always lambasting other people, especially politicians. He loves to pick on uh, the premier in particular. And I don't, I don't know what his beef is. Well, actually, I do know. Let me stop lying. I know exactly what the beef is. Y'all want me to tell you again? Because I think I've told you before. Uh-huh. He expected Premier Panton to give him a board position. And because that didn't happen, this government didn't make it happen, he's blaming the Premier for that. Well, here's the problem why it couldn't happen. It couldn't happen because there's fundamentally something shady about Mario. So not only does he drink and drive, falls off the balcony, you know, fornicating, cheating on his wife, doing all these other things, when it comes to like politics and business, there's something fundamentally shady about the man. Y'all, none of y'all can tell me what he does for a living. People are like, is he a drug dealer? Is he a this? Is he a that? I'm like, yo, I don't know. I have no idea what he does. Supposedly, he's had a restaurant. That never went anywhere. That was a flunk. Everything he touches seems to fail, except he can always afford super fast cars. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how this works. What's the magic formula here? How does this work? So he was expecting a... Uh, he was expecting a position on a board... But what he was actually doing is going around to board members, not board members, going around to people in the community saying, oh yes, I'm gonna be on the planning board. This is the allegation. I'm only telling y'all what the streets were saying. But people overheard him. Trying to broker deals. Like, oh, if you want your project to go through, you know, you, you grease my palm because I'm gonna be sitting on, on the planning board. And so this, these types of conversations got back to 
political people and other board members. And in fact, other board members said they would not sit on any board ever with Mario. So the premier had no choice. The, I guess Jay, who's had a planning board, had no choice but to not put Mario on a planning board. Because you see, these boards are normally for people who can't get a job otherwise. Not all, not all of them, to be clear, but a lot of people who are unemployable, but have a big mouth, no real source of income, uh, want a political favor, they get placed on these boards. Trust me, I know. That's it. When, when a certain politician came to me asking me what board I wanted. Oh, you can have your pick any board, Sandy, any board. I said, who? <laughs> I said, honey, yeah, I'm too busy. Not me. No, thanks. I don't need no free lunch. I get to eat a lot of food already. I'm perfectly fine. But people like Mario, this is great for him because then he's got a side hustle where he can tell you, you know, you want a decision to go a certain way. I've got that kind of power on the board. You grease my palms, put a little couple of dollars in my back pocket. You see, he's used to, remember where he comes from now, you know, UDP politically. So he's used to all kind of shenanigans and underhandedness that used to go on back in the day. Now, I know y'all thinking, boy, Sandy, you let the cat out of the bag of today. Well, I'm telling you um, how he gained political prominence was because him and McEva Bush were bosom buddies back in the day. Now they've fallen out. Can't stand McEva no more. But back in the day, McEva had his back, and I guess he had McEva's back as well. They were bosom buddies, honey, yeah. That's why he could go to CIDB and borrow a million dollars from them and never pay it back. This would have been after Hurricane Ivan. Uh, get a loan, talking about, oh, heavy equipment, business, this, that, and the next thing. Remember when McKeever was leader of government business at the time? I don't know if he was technically premier yet, but whatever. He was leader of government business premier, whatever the title was. And he instructed CIDB to give out these loans um, just to businesses, Caymanian businesses, to try and help them post Ivan and whatever. And the talk is a lot of his close political friends got preferential treatment. And so he was able to get a million dollar loan. Y'all hear me? $999, a million dollar loan, round it up. Use his wife's family land as collateral and never paid back the loan. CIDB took him to court and I bet you one thing, how many of y'all wanna bet that he never paid it and CIBD, CIDB simply wrote it off? I bet you they did because you never heard nothing about no judgment against him. This is the slackness I'm going to talk about after a guest um, or on the show when y'all talk about, oh, well, government must do this and do that with banks. You sure you want government interfering with banks? Are you really sure that that's a good idea? I'm just saying it does not sound like a good idea to me. Let government stay out of certain things because when they start to meddle, hmm, it goes from worse to worse. Okay. Yep. 936-2626 is the telephone number. So he got all salty with um, the premier because the premier uh, would not, you know, entertain him when it came to forcing a board appointment. Now, I'm going to be very, very frank and honest with you. Ween has one of the little softest hearts 
Premier Panton that I've ever seen when it comes to political leadership. I think he could toughen up a little bit, but I guess maybe he's tough when necessary. I don't know. But I remember personally having a conversation with the premier and he said that, you know what, this young man, Mario, for all his faults, he's like, Sandy, he's one of us. He's a Caymanian. And so, you know, if he could be a benefit to us on a board, I don't see why we shouldn't put him on a board. We'll give him a chance. And I was thinking to myself, Mm-mm-mm. poor Premier Panton, boy, he loves to give people chances that are going to embarrass him to no end. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hello? Caller? Uh-oh. Let me call, let me call him back. I don't know if y'all credit be running out or what be going on, but let me call you back, honey, chill. Uh-huh. Hello, morning. Morning, my dear. How are you? You were trying Hi, to get Sandy. on the air? Yes, actually, I did send you a message oh, in the, okay. on the, uh, while you were online. Um, hold on. Yeah, what happened? Um, I'm just listening to the program, but however, yes. I found a wallet just now. Oh, okay. For Asher and Sonny Jacob on Beach Bay Road. What was the name of the person? And it's Asher. Asher. And Sonny. Yes, that's A S H E R. Yes, Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, on Beach Bay Road. Okay. With with, with his cash intact and his um bank card. Okay. So cash, my, cash and bank card. Can, yes, ma'am. Okay. So he can reach me at 922 uh-huh. 1822 with an ID. All right. Even and and you, said you sent me, you sent me a WhatsApp message as well. No, I did not send you a WhatsApp. Oh. I sent it in the comment section of the program. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right, my yeah. dear. Very good. Uh, thank you. All right. Thanks, too. All okay. right, so send it on WhatsApp if you can, just in case um, he might not listen to the program. We can still try to get a hold of him. But very good. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Thank All right, you, Miss Sandy. Oh, kid love. Bye. All right, Mr. Asher, Jacob, sounds like your wallet has been found. Your money and everything seems to be intact. So um, give that lady a call. Give us a jingle so that we can ensure that um, you're reunited with your wallet. Lots of lost wallets all the time, I must tell you. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I think that everybody, and I agree with the premier, like people need second chances. I'm not saying not to give people second chances, but my thing has always been, you give people second chances when they've actually earned it. You don't give people second chances when they keep doing the same thing over and over again. So if you keep, it's like the courts, the court isn't going to give you a second chance. If you keep going out there and getting involved in um, DUIs, right? At some point, the court is going to be like, you're just not learning your lesson. How many DUIs do you need? All right. Your hat is in the house. Your answer is Auntie Sandy. No workout or bike riding Monday. Yeah, man, we got the bike riding. Don't worry. We're going to do it. And Nicholas, good morning, says current CPA board is a joke and need to all be replaced. Mm, honey child, what do you say? Uh-uh. I don't know who's on the board, but 
Yeah, you, you can't just make that kind of statement, Nicholas, without without reasons why. Uh, Michael LeMay. Is it Michelle or Michael? I think it's Michelle. Your son is Michael, right? Says, um, a friend in Canada has won and saw it with my own eyes. Uh, he made me blow in it and it did not start. Oh, so how does it know that it's him? Does it have some kind of facial recognition feature? Listen, with all this technology, AI and otherwise, I mean, it shouldn't be that hard um, to, you know, have a system like this that identifies who, you know, facial recognition is easy enough. You need facial recognition just to open up your iPhone. Uh, fingerprint. There's a number of different ways that you can identify that it's the correct person. So, yeah. Marshall says that Big Mac stopped greasing his hand. That's why they're no longer friends. Well, I don't know exactly what their falling out was about, but um, there was definitely a breaking of, you know. And to be fair, over the years, a lot of people politically have fallen out with each other. So I don't know what what the... Um, what the situation is there. I can't pretend to even know where that one begins. But yeah, he got he got enough, you know, position and political favors and uh, ego inflated because he was rolling with um, the UDP crew. And um, they didn't seem to think that they could, they were responsible or that they follow the same rules as everybody else. And so it's uh, it's super interesting to be quite frank and honest. I just don't want him to kill anybody in the roadway. You know, at, at some point, I think insurance companies are going to be like, bro, we're not, are you? Um, you're, you're a risk beyond anything. You shouldn't even be driving on the roads. But um, unless the courts actually prevent him, so this is, this is how it's going to have to work. Legislators need to change the law. Yeah? Then the courts will have, oops, I'm deleting some of my overlays here. Then the court will have the power to do what they need to do and if they have the power to say, sir, you cannot be driving um, for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years or banned for life, then at that point in time, let's be honest, the insurance companies will be able to say, well, you're not supposed to be driving. So, of course, we're not going to put an insurance uh, policy in your name. And that's exactly how it should work. Nine, three. Six Bobo is a telephone number. Let's see what the other comments we have here. Uh, Johan says today's lesson: if you're not a friend or enemy of CMR, make sure you do not well, make sure you do not do anything silly or dangerous, illegal, and get caught because all your business will be exposed by Auntie Sandy. So Johan, Johan, the next time I see you, I give you one piece of cow card licking. You know, this has nothing to do with being a friend or enemy of CMR. This has to do with the fact that when you get out in these streets and you act the fool and you continually do stuff, you are, you are putting all your business out there because you, with your actions, is making us all discuss you to begin with. Yeah? Just stop breaking the law. It's just, it, it, to me, it's, it's so incredibly simple. I don't understand why it's difficult for y'all to stay out of trouble. So yes, you go out there and you scam people. Everybody's going to be like, oh, well, she's scamming people. The son is scamming people. This one, that one. What do you expect? Your entire history, 
becomes part of the discussion. So, of course, people start to ask questions. Like, how on earth does Mario crash all these super expensive cars? Ferraris, Lamborghini. I don't know if he's ever had a Lamborghini. I'm just going to throw some names out there. I don't know for sure that he's had these cars, but he always gets all these highfalutin cars, right? He goes to the car museum. You know, Mr. Uglin died. So he told uh, his widow, Uglin's widow, oh, yes, I want to buy this vehicle and that vehicle, whatever. And she's like, oh, okay. She obviously didn't know Mario. Um, you know, I'll give you a little deposit on the car and then I'll finish paying it off in a month or two. Mario never pays off the car. You see, that type of business is out there. People talking about it. People chattering about it. We would have no need to bring that up on the show if the man would stop crashing the cars. Because those of you who are saying, hold on, he keeps crashing these cars, but how does he even afford them? I'm telling you how he affords them. He goes to widows grieving their, the loss of their rich, multi-cazillion husbands who own a car museum, convinces them somehow or another to let me have this car on terms, give them a deposit, and then he never pays the rest of the money. And here's the thing about rich people. A lot of times, they don't want the publicity. Even though someone has done them wrong, they don't want to have to take somebody to court. $300,000, not no money to the uglins, first of all. You know, they're, they're like legit millionaires, right? Mm-hmm. They spend that on one car. They got a whole museum full of cars. So that's no money to them. But honestly, they also don't want the embarrassment of, wow, I've been hoodwinked by Mario Ebanks, and now everybody in Cayman is going to know that I've been hoodwinked by this man. Yep. They just write it off. Oh, well, another loss. He'll get his one day. Kind of a thing. Will he ever get his? Well, time will see. Like I said, it's more likely that he's going to end up killing some innocent person than anything else. So all of these things, uh, Johan, become part of the discussion. Don't be blaming me. And it has nothing to do with a friendship or not. It's when you keep going out there, putting your business out in the streets. This is exactly what is going to happen. People are going to start asking questions and talking about different things. Um, mm -mm. Hot mess. Let me see here now. Somebody said they thought he'd borrowed half a million dollars. No, I saw the court papers for myself, honey, Joe. It was a little bit shy of a million dollars because I remember thinking to myself, um, wow, that's a lot of money. Mm -mm. What a hot mess. All right. Um, Siobhan says, we will never know the issue as it could be any number of things. Um, I don't want him killing anyone as well. That's what I'm more concerned about, not about the $300,000 car. Well, I mean, listen, the $300,000 car, the only reason that that even becomes relevant is because most people would actually care about a $300,000 car in the sense that they're like, oh, I can't afford to mash up a $300,000 car. Um, especially if insurance isn't going to pay out for DUI, like I'm going to be extra careful. He doesn't even care. 
that's the point of, of talking about the fact that it's a $300,000 car. This brother don't care if it's a $20,000 car or if it's a $300,000 car, it makes no difference to him. That, that is someone who is a little bit out of touch with reality, I would say. You can, you can imagine flushing $300,000 down the proverbial toilet. It's just, it's just, it just blows my mind. It's just a complete waste. Alejandro says, poor Johan, come one seat in the back, yeah? Yes, one seat is in the back for you, Johan. Sit all the way in the back of the classroom. He says, stay home and have your drink is the solution. Well, I mean, the solution is just don't drink and drive. I'm not saying you can never go out to a party. I mean, there's a birthday party at um, at the, what's the place called? At uh, the office. That's why he was there. You can go out with your friends. You can enjoy a drink. I'm saying just don't drink and drive. There was a woman in the car with him. She can't drive or what? I don't know. Is a McLaren a stick shift? Maybe she couldn't drive it because a lot of people don't know how to drive a stick shift. I don't know anything about these cars. Is it a stick manual? What kind of car is it? But I mean, if that's the case, then you call a taxi and in the morning you go collect your car. It's as simple as that. Hmm. Very, very sad. Um, Jonathan says, I was checking Facebook today. You still got me blocked. Come on now. Time to lift that now. You act as if I'm guilty. It, what? You act as if I really cuss. If anything, my words were PG and you're going to go block forever for that. Poor Jonathan. But Jonathan, what's the issue? You're on, you're on YouTube here tormenting us the same way until I block you in YouTube, which I haven't done yet. So why is it that I have to unblock you in Facebook? What's special about Facebook? Poor Jonathan. Um, buenos dias, Senora Alba. She says, como estas? Feliz lunes. Gracias. Alejandro says, meanwhile, after smashing up a supercar, they're sending more serious happenings up yonder. Maybe $300,000 well worth it. Hmm. Oh, my God. Johan, you are so rude. Wayne says, poor Jonathan. Johan says, keep him blocked, plus add Denny Warren, too. No. Alejandro is writing for Johnny. He says, poor Johnny. Sandy, let him back in. Y'all can learn a thing or two about tough love around here on a serious note. All right, so let's wrap up this because our guests are ready to come into the studio. Um, here's a couple videos for you. So here's this one. This was people recording the actual accident driving by it. Um, so you guys can see the police on the scene. I don't know how many officers would have arrived at this point. There's the McLaren in the guardrail. I mean, look at the lick. Let me pause it. Look at that. Wow. This car's totaled. I think this is definitely beyond repair. And there he is flaring his hands and going on with the police officers. He lucky they didn't use the taser on him. So I had gone to bed early Saturday night, actually, for a change. And a lot of people were messaging me. Oh, Sandy, so someone actually called me. And I kind of remember the phone ringing, thinking, who's calling me at midnight? And I couldn't even, I couldn't even reach for the phone. I was so tired. And then I got up like at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I saw all the messages. Oh, Mario crashed again. This time it's a McLaren. Oh yeah, another accident. Here's a video, here's footage, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what a hot mess. Mm -mm. Here's another one, um, a little bit slower, showing the, uh, the car there and the guardrail. And there's the picture, that's what's left of her. 
And then, of course, the memes have begun. So this young man did a meme. Are you serious right now, bro? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yep. Are you serious right now, bro? Yep. I don't know, boy. Apparently, he's, he's dead serious. Caller, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Hello, my dear. How are you? I am very good. Um, Wonderful. Just wanted to ask uh, a little question and then sure. I have a comment to make. Mm -hmm. um, the item, um, can we speak offline about how I could get it? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, you, um, you're ready now. Um, <laughs> I, I believe so. Okay. <laughs> I believe so. No problem. Um, I believe so. Just. Uh, Notice, um, I responded to a comment I heard someone make. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the comment was, you know, scrolled past. But um, I just, for those who will read it, I hope they'll read it to the end. Mm -hmm. Because I was responding to the person, or no, it was actually you who made the comment about mm -hmm. people wanting to be on boards. And none of these MPs want to appoint people to boards who are Going to, who are independent minds mm. and who will disagree with any of them. They don't want any kind of pushback. Mm -hmm. They just want yes men. Okay? Mm -hmm. that's, that's, and, and I say this in no defense to Mario. Mm -hmm. Right? Because mm -hmm. I'm not getting into the Mario scenario this morning. Yes. Um, that's between Mario and the law. Mm. Um, whatever happens, happens. But I have no five cents for us to add to any of that. And then I heard uh, you read a comment from Jonathan, and I realized that I think I'd heard you say that you'd blocked him, but I didn't know why you had blocked him. And I just got a little snippet just now. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I misunderstood. I don't know because I don't know enough about it. But it sounds like he may have been blocked for maybe cursing. I don't know, something like that. Or some. Well, you know, he had been, um, Miss Brenda, he had been warned more than once. And, um, you know, I, I'm a very strict parent. I, I believe in tough love. I believe in gentle parenting, but I also believe in tough love. So he had been warned on more than one occasion that if he kept up mm -hmm. certain behavior, which was disrespectful, that it was only mm -hmm. a matter of time before he would be blocked. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we cannot allow on this program, primarily because we're on radio, is definitely profanity. But that mm -hmm. wasn't really his, um, you know, his problem his problem mm -hmm. was a lack of respect, especially for guests. So when guests come on the show, he would oh, call them okay. all sorts of names and so okay. on. And I know Jonathan thinks he's a re an expert with his, you know, bridge in the North Sound, all this kind of stuff. And he refuses to accept what the experts are saying. He doesn't have to accept it, but you're not going to be disrespectful to them on my program and continue right. to get away with it. Right. I gave you one warning. I gave you two warnings and then strike number mm -hmm. three came and that was it. Okay. Wow. And, and hello. Listen, Miss Brenda, I have a new puppy in this house that I'm having to put my foot down with him. <laughs> and I am training him. He, he looked like he could be a little bit faced. My husband said yesterday, boy, he looked like he can have an attitude. I said, well, not in my house. He won't be having an attitude because he's already barking at people, nipping. We're going to get him under control. Right? Parents need to get a lesson here. You bend the tree when it's small and when, when it's, it's growing. Young, that's yes. right. Because when it grows and it's out of order. Don't and sometimes there's no second chances. I mean, Jonathan yeah. could beg for a second chance all he wants, mm -hmm. but he has to understand that in life, sometimes you just don't get a second chance. And that in itself 
is a tough life lesson. No, well, now that you have explained it, I do understand. And not responding to Jonathan in any way, this is general. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have to respect the guests, whether you like them or don't like them, agree or disagree. See, when certain people come on to certain shows, if I'm not in tune with them, I tune out, okay? But let me just say this, that that, that is your show, and you can do whatever you want, mm -hmm. but there are other people on your show, on Facebook, who are attacking your listeners and being very disrespectful to them. So I think the well, when I when I see it, them, because I don't I don't always see everything, but I can tell you when I see it, uh, Wayne Wayne is also on um Wayne is also on thin ice. I know this already because I didn't see his comment last week, but somebody else reported him, sent me a WhatsApp message to say that he was being quite rude to people. So I know Wayne is on thin ice. Um, Alejandro, not so but, much so, uh, but. I actually called your show one morning. Yeah. I told you about the same person being C-Card uh -huh. who doesn't know me no more than a hole in the ground mm -hmm. and was very disrespectful to me yes. and calling me names. If I had said that to any person my senior, mm -hmm. I wouldn't exist today mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. my parents taught us to be respectful to everyone yes. and to put handles to people's names. Yeah. He's a little boy to me. Mm -hmm. And yet he's going to refer to me with all of these disrespectful yes. whatever he chose to call me and then to bring my daughter into it and mm -hmm. tag her on it. And mm -hmm. she could be him being disrespectful to me. I told you about that and you didn't do anything about it except to say you all need to behave yourselves. I took offense to that, Sandra, because I the way that came across to me is that you were also reprimanding me. No, 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 no. Hold on now. I mean, who, who the cat fit? If you were not doing anything wrong, I don't know why you'd take insult to that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Let me be, let me be, Miss Brenda, let me be very, very clear. Let me be very, very clear for crystal clear. Because I didn't see the comment myself, I couldn't address it any further than what I did to just ask people to please remember to be respectful of each other. Right. That is a general comment directed at everyone. It wasn't directed at you in any way because I don't know that you're being disrespectful to him. But it has come to my attention that Wayne can be and has been disrespectful on more than one occasion. So Wayne has to know that he's on thin ice. There were other people who were speaking to him, telling him to stop it. Mm -hmm. Okay, But it seems that he had a hard on me that morning. Mm -hmm. So he had to get off of his chest whatever he needed off of it and to take it out on me. Yeah. I am not in the habit of engaging with people at that level. Mm -hmm. I want that known to all. And you know I what? I, I hate to even have to be the arbiter be of this sort of thing because... I would be very respectful to <sighs> everyone. I am not going to engage yes. anyone at that level because from the time you come across, you're telling me who you are. I had some of your other listeners to write me privately mm -hmm. maybe they thought I misunderstood because when you're replying to someone sometimes it appears that you know you're replying to the other person yes so they wrote me privately to say I wasn't attacking you I was trying to be a peacemaker here mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. so I, I knew what they were doing 
And that's fine. And I appreciate that, you know, they took the time out to do that. But I will say to you that for a time I wasn't listening to your show because I said, well, if this is the level it has gone to, clearly this is not for you. Okay? Mm. So mm. I just want you to know that you need to pay attention, not just to Jonathan, but there are others on there who are very disrespectful to other people as well as to your listeners. Mm-hmm. All right, my dear. Appreciate it. All right. I thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you very, very much. Let, let me know when we can, um, we can link up. Yes. So definitely. Uh, okay. All right, my thank dear. You. Good, good. Bye-bye. All right, folks, 936 Bobo, we're going to switch. We do have some guests in the studio who are waiting um, to speak with us. Listen, the bottom line is this. I don't really want to be anybody else's mama. <laughs> I have one daughter and I got a dog now. That's enough kids around here for me to have to micromanage their lives and keep them in, in line. I just ask everybody to try to be respectful. You can have your own opinion. We don't have to like each other. We don't have to like each other's opinions but just be respectful in the way that you deliver it. And there's no need, in my opinion, to address people specifically, right? What happens is the way that I see the comments on my screen, I don't actually see, and you guys, some of you might've realized this already, I don't actually see who's responding to whom, right? So I don't see that information, it's straight linear. It's not like, oh, this person this is a response to this. So sometimes even when I'm reading your comments, I'm like, mm, what does that mean? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's because it doesn't make any sense to me because um, I don't know you're responding to somebody else. Sometimes it's best if you do not respond to other people. Just state your opinion, right? Don't click reply to an individual person. Leave it alone and then just like move on. Um, Johan says, y'all, please do not be rude to Miss Brenda. She always makes quality contributions when she calls in and contributes quality elder lady that is that commands respect. I mean, yes, you know, I think you guys need to rein it in a little bit. Um, uh, Wayne, I, you know already, I've spoken to you and I'm going to say it again. There are times that you are being very, very disrespectful. So when you end up like Jonathan in the same boat, I don't know what else to tell you. When you get blocked, that's it. There's no undoing it. There's no going back. All right. So can we leave it there? Can we all be nice? It's a Monday morning, y'all. Uh, Wayne says, I'm slowly learning, Sandy. Pick up the speed, honey chow. You're an adult. You're not a five-year-old. So <laughs> I expect you to just pick up the speed a little bit on how quickly you get with the program. Okay, we make the analogy that you guys are sitting in a classroom. Somebody's not going to give you five years to learn that two plus two equals four. You got to pick up the speed so you can keep up with the rest of the classroom. All right, folks, let's take a commercial break. Leave that there. I trust the rest of you will be behaving yourselves. Commercial break, and then we've got some guests in the studio who are going to be joining us with Cayman Art Week. Exciting stuff going on there coming up right here in the horizon. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, 
limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. The annual business surveys being conducted by the Economics and Statistics Office, ESO, are ongoing. The surveys run from April 11th to June 16th, 2023, and collect information to answer questions like, how did the economy perform in 2022? What is the value of the income received from the rest of the world in 2022? Your response matters. Fill out and return your surveys to the ESO. Remember, better data, better decisions, better business. For assistance, visit www.eso.ky or call 244-4600 or 244-4676. Now y'all love Popeyes for my fried chicken, but the real ones also love my salty, flaky, covered in butter biscuits. Well, biscuit fans, have I got a treat for you. Introducing new irresistible strawberry biscuits at Popeyes. The perfect balance of salty and sweet thanks to decadent strawberry bits baked right in and mouthwatering creamy icing on top. The perfect dessert for just $2.29. Or grab six pieces for twelve fifty nine. Strawberry biscuits forever. Not forever, I'm afraid, honey. Limited time only, and only at Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen on Eastern Avenue. Are you tired of overpaying for TV services? Can't figure out VPNs? Constantly missing your favorite TV shows? And no access to the good stuff on streaming services? The frustration is real, but it doesn't have to be. Contact Roke, K-Man Streaming Pros. We'll put you back in the driver's seat in front of your TV. Call, WhatsApp, or message Roque today on 926-1213. Roque is not a TV service provider. Terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, welcome back to the program. Happy Monday, everyone. We've got some guests in the studio joining us in Cayman Art Week. We have Jessica. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Sandy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Good. You're going to tell us a little bit about your involvement in Cayman Art Week. Of course, we also have Carlo Lee, who's joining us. Good morning, Carlo. Good morning, Sandra. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, fantastic. So first of all, what is Cayman Art Week? Yeah, so Cayman Art Week is back for its third year now. So it's a week-long series of events and galleries and open studios and Mm -hmm. pop-up exhibitions happening across all three of the Cayman Islands. So Mm -hmm. essentially, it's just a really amazing week um, of tons of exciting fun events for everyone in the community to come out and see and enjoy the visual arts. Okay, so it's all about putting the visual arts on display. So third year in a row, um, lots of buzz and excitement around it. What are some of the actual events uh, that are happening that we can expect to, to be super excited about? Yeah, for sure. So because there's, there's about 40 um, participating venues, so there's uh-huh. tons to see. Um, so one of the things that really makes Cayman Art Week special is these bus tours that we offer. So we uh-huh. do three days of curated bus tours focusing uh-huh. on a different district each day. So on Thursday evening, that's June 1st, um, we'll be having our Paw West, we call it. So that's a hop-on, hop-off bus loop that goes up and down the Seven Mile Beach Strip. So there's nine participating galleries and studios there. So that's free to participate in. People can just, you know, hop on a bus. You'll see each of the buses has the Red Cayman Art Week logo in the window. So that's 
how to look out for it. Um, mm -hmm. And this bus will just take you on a loop throughout the evening from six till nine throughout these different venues. And then we'll be moving to Georgetown the next day. So mm -hmm. that's our cost central event. Um, and that's a really big fun party right in central Georgetown on Cardinal Avenue there. And then again, we'll have the buses running as well or those venues you can walk between. Um, and then Saturday, we go out to the Eastern districts. So that one's a little bit more quiet. It's not the hop on, hop off style. That mm -hmm. one's a guided tour bus that leaves from the National Gallery at 10 a.m. And it takes you all the way out to several galleries and studios um, through South Sound into Breakers and Bodden Town. Um, so you're stopping at Miss Lassie's, you're stopping at Pedro at the Visual Arts Society and some artist studios and Breakers too. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I love this idea because, you know, I think a lot of people don't recognize all of the amazing um, locations that you can go and look at art, purchase art, see artists working sometimes, even like in real time. So for example, there's the Carlos V. Garcia Gallery at the Grove. Mm -hmm. um, you've got one at the Kimpton Seafire. There's a gallery at the Ritz-Carlton. There's Kennedy Gallery. Paperman's at the Strand is gonna have stuff on display. There's Jason Kennedy Studio. I mean, there's a lot of uh, venues and locations where visual art is either on display, available for people to, to view and to purchase and to interact with. So this is a fantastic idea, the hop-on, hop-off buses um, and the tour buses out in the Eastern District should just allow people to go to each of the locations and actually see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And if somebody doesn't want to take the bus, all of these venues are open on their own anyways throughout the week. So you can kind of choose your own adventure. If you want to take the bus, wonderful. Or if you feel like going on your own or just checking it out, um, they'll all be having regular opening hours throughout the week as well. So there's a lot of information available on the Cayman Art Week website where you can find each of the venues and each of the opening hours. Right. Fantastic. And of course, this year, <clears throat> sorry, the sister islands are going to be included as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. So we've got Gordon Scott and, um, sorry, Gordon Solomon and Simone Scott on the BRAC representing for us. So Gordon has his studio open and he always hosts some great events out there. Um, Simone is doing a plain air watercolor painting session. So some nice ways for people to get involved on the BRAC. And then Little Cayman as well. So we've got um, the Little Cayman Museum is opening up their doors. Artist Debbie Trucken, who a lot of people know on Little Cayman, has her studio as well. So we really wanted it to be a celebration of all the artists in our communities on all three islands. Mm -hmm. This is beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm so glad to hear that Gordon Solomon actually has a studio in Kimberbrat because, of course, him and his wife, who happens to be originally from the BRAC, moved back a number of years ago. And he's continuing to work. I mean, she's an artist as well, but I think mm -hmm. he's probably a bit more um, than her. But he's always working. And, you know, I'm so tickled pink to see that his um, his work continues even as he's now in the Sister Island. So mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah. Um, so this is a great way, folks, to let you know what's happening with local artists. It only started three years ago, so it's still pretty young, but it's uh, an amazing week of events. Uh, now it says here that Cayman, last year Cayman Art Week generated more than $200,000 in sales for local artists and galleries. And this is important because some artists are full-time artists, some are part-time artists, but you know, I think most artists want to be able to do this full-time. It's their passion that they're trying to turn into maybe a little bit of a paycheck so that they don't have to do anything else. They can just focus on their art. So I think that this is fantastic and it's a great way to highlight um, local galleries, local artists, and encourage people 
to um, support, you know, a lot of these these local players in, in the world of art and the visual arts in particular. So um, what other events can we expect during the week? Yeah, so each gallery or studio or pop-up is welcome to host their own events. Um, there's so many to so many to talk about, so many to list. Um, so the website is a great way to find out more about those individual events. But I think one thing that makes this week exciting as well is these pop-up venues. So some of these um, galleries and studios are only open for this one week. So it's artists coming together to create a temporary exhibition specifically for Art Week. So that's only open through, you know, Tuesday, May 30th through to Sunday, June 3rd, um, or Saturday, June 3rd. Um, so that's a really interesting way to experience art that, you know, you, you wouldn't get the chance to otherwise is mm -hmm. taking advantage of these temporary spaces, going to meet the artists where they're at. Um, like I mentioned, another signature event that we have is the um, Art in the City event that we do in collaboration with Georgetown Revitalization. So because Cardinal Avenue is finished and pedestrianized now, they're going to be hosting a reception there on Friday evening. We've got Cricket Square involved and also in our Georgetown area, of course, Carlo knows that Al Ebanks is hosting his signature party. And I'm sure Carlo oh, yes. can speak to that. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, yes. So, okay. All right. So, Carlo, tell us your involvement and what you've got going on. So I represent Al Ebanks and okay. we'll be hosting our annual um, show for Art Week. And we're featuring several artists. Right now, we have eight artists that are going to be in studio, including Randy Gillette, Carlene Buckle, Tiffany Leanne, um, we've got Clarice Diaz, we've got Marganita Jackis, um, Maureen Lazarus, John Sooth Robinson, and we've got Lorna Reed, as well as um, Al himself. So Al's show is usually a lot more exciting than the average gallery, not to throw shade on any gallery, but it's inter interdisciplinary because we have dancers, we've got poets, we've got musicians, and it's a whole party in one. And I don't know if, if you've ever been to one of Al's shows, it's full of food, full of fun, and it stops when the last person goes home. Mm, nice. Awesome. So um, you're doing that. Is there anything else that you're going to be involved in throughout the week, or are you going to kind of just focus on that? Oh, yes. Yeah. So actually, like um, Jess mentioned, we're going to be doing that reception um, in on the new Cardinal Lab. We're mm -hmm. going to be displaying some of Al's uh, more contemporary sculpture pieces, um, those are supposed to be produced for really large scale and we're working on a lot of those projects to get them around Cayman Islands so people can appreciate a lot more art in, in the public um, sphere, right? Um, that's one of the major things that we're focusing on for the rest of this year um, to get a lot more public works. So one of the things that we love about Cayman Art Week is that it attracts people that wouldn't necessarily go to the gallery or be think that they're interested in art, but um, there's something for everybody um, for Art Week. And it's something that people discover that, wow, I didn't know that this gallery was here. I didn't know that this artist was doing all these cool stuff, right? So I encourage everybody to come out because um, it's not what you think. It's not just going to be in a stuffy gallery where um, you wear your, your, your top hat and monocle. It's actually interactive and you can talk to the artists because a lot of the artists are actually at their studios, art galleries, representing their work, talking about their practice. And it's something that people that, don't normally come out to these things, realize very quickly that they're really into it. And um, we're always happy to participate um, because, you know, Al loves to talk about his work and people always want to know more. And this is one of the few times that they actually get to 
talk directly to the artists. And since we're featuring eight other artists at the studio and yeah. gallery, um, it's a beautiful time for everybody to come through um, and partake in that experience where they get to see a lot more of the works if you're in a studio setting. Um, but just to talk about talk to the artists about their practice. And um, mm -hmm. like you guys mentioned, um, the, the um, Cayman Art Week generated over 200,000 in sales. Was that, mm. you know, we're, we're proud to say yeah. that we, we, we took quarter of that a um, mm. lot. So we, we, we are very proud and very happy to be a part of Cayman Art Week and we'll continue mm -hmm. to support. Absolutely. Wonderful. All right, folks. So there's lots of ways that you can find out about Cayman Art Week. Obviously, they have a website. So you can go to caymanartweek.com. You can also um, check out their social media pages. So Facebook, and I believe they're also on Instagram. And you can you know, find out more about galleries, where studios are located, some of the pop-up events, um, the CAW, Cayman Art Week bus tours, hospitality. So some of the partners, obviously, will be having events where you can like, you know, I guess sip and wine, have some hors d'oeuvres while you're viewing the artwork and so on. So there's a lot that's actually going on. You can find the full um, page of events starting May 30th, which is, a, that's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and our show is going to be on June 2nd, that's Friday. Um, and it's going to be a part of um, Art in the City, you know. So basically you just walk from Cardinal Avenue down Shedden Road and find mm -hmm. yourself at Al's Gallery. We're going to be open all day, um, but I think the main party starts around 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. So everybody's encouraged to come on down, 2nd of second of June. Come on down to Al's Gallery. That's um, right at the T-junction of Mary Street and Shedden Road. Um, you'll see one of his big sculptures out front. It's a big white um, piece called um, What Holds Us Together. Um, and the, the show that we're hosting all these artists, it's titled Together We Stand because it um, features and focuses on um, interdisciplinary artists um, right. ranging from painters, sculptors, and poets. So we look forward to seeing everybody. Beautiful. All right. I'm going to put the link here um, in the comment section for you guys to go and check out the actual events. Gina says, can Caymanian artists living abroad take part in this art week? Definitely. And we have several of them that are doing so. Um, I think um, Jess can expound on that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is an event that's really for artists by artists. Um, so of course, if you are a Caymanian artist practicing abroad, and if you want to come down for Art Week this year or next year, you're welcome to. And if you want to get in touch with um, any galleries to host your work, if you have that relationship with them, absolutely. You can ship your artwork down if you're not able to make it here yourself. And we'd love or to even, have you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, or even if you want to follow along and post, you know, throughout the week what you're doing and hashtag Cayman Art Week so we can uh -huh. maybe reshare that on our page and um, just showcase other Caymanian art as well that's maybe not on display here on island, but is included in this wider program. Yes, I think I need to do the bus tour for sure, because that sounds like a lot of fun. So I need to just jump on one of those. Yes, absolutely. Um, we have um, Plant Based Studio says, I can't wait for this year. Last year was so much fun. We're hosting one of the spots in town at Three Girls and is it Kiln and Plant yes. Based yeah. Studio? Such a wonderful group of events. So thank yeah. you so much for that, Plant Based Studio. That's fantastic. Mm, yeah, we're excited to have you back. And uh, they go on to say it's incredible to see the talent in Cayman. Thank you from all of us artists. So absolutely amazing. So yeah, folks, here's the link at caymanartweek.com slash um, events. That will give you the full slate of events, everything from like the Cayman Art Week 
uh, daily opening hours. You can check that out. They've got the um, reception, which is like a featured event. There's a launch event for Cayman Brack. Um, there's Honor Block, which is um, an exhibit preview and soft opening. So there's a lot of stuff. Now this is um, this is this one is with a young lady who is uh, living part time in London. And young she's man, a, um, uh, that's Joar Alain. Oh, your young man is the designer. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. fashion designer based in London, Caymanian designer. Okay. Yeah, and then he's collaborating really with Josh cool. Pearl. Yeah, it's gonna be a really fashion cool designers. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah. So it's not just paintings. You know, we've got fashion, we've got music, dance, mm -hmm. all all types of art. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. No, this sounds fantastic. So folks, support local artists, um, go out to as many of the events as you can. Is there a cost associated with most of the events or how does it work? No, so these events are free, absolutely free to enjoy for the public. Um, come mm -hmm. on in, you know, take a look around. All the artwork is for sale, but to actually attend the events is free. And the only um, event associated with the cost is the Saturday afternoon bus tour. So that's just $10 to take that mm -hmm. bus out to the Eastern districts. Yes. And that one goes from 10 until three on Saturday and um, tickets for that can be purchased on event pro. Okay. Awesome. And little Cayman is in there, Kim and Brack. Yep. So this is absolutely fantastic. Anything else you'd like our listeners to know about this upcoming Cayman art week? Yeah. So I encourage everyone to just um, take a look at our website, come and support the artists. If you're curious about, you know, what's happening in the art scene on Island. This is an amazing chance to get involved. If you're a young artist yourself and just want mm -hmm. to meet some artists and kind of dip your toe in the water and yes. maybe connect with some more people who you haven't met before, this is an amazing chance to do that. So we really mm -hmm. want this event to keep growing and nurturing this Caymanian talent year after year. Um, so we're very excited and we encourage and everyone to, to come. To add to that, um, I'd encourage anybody that might not get it to the, get on the bus tour, Mm -hmm. to come out on Friday to Georgetown because most of the galleries and studios are in really close vicinity. So it's mm -hmm. walking distance. So you could literally just stop, park one place in Georgetown, start from mm -hmm. the top at Three Girls in a Kiln on the waterfront um, and just make your way uh, clear on the waterfront as well. And you can come down Shedden Road and there's three galleries before you reach us, you know? So it's a great um, experience to just walk, saunter on mm -hmm. and you don't have to drive. Fantastic. Yeah. So Gina's all about the Instagram page. So they've got Facebook, yes. Instagram, and LinkedIn. So just go ahead and I'll put the, um, hold on, let me see if I can get the Instagram page here. And Gina, you can find us on Alibanks Arts on Instagram or on Facebook. Beautiful. Yeah. And for anyone who's wanting to take a self-guided tour or just know where things are happening, we've got our Cayman Art Week flags are outside of every venue. So if you've been driving through town and have seen some of these big red um, dots popping up on spaces around, that's what it's all about. So that lets you know, okay. okay, this is a studio or a gallery that's participating because they have the big banner in front of them. Right. That's a fantastic idea. Easy to spot. Right. Very good. All right, folks. So we thank you so much for coming on the program today. We've got Jessica Ebanks and Carlo Lee. Um, both uh, instrumental in the Cayman Art Week. Uh, go out and support local artists. This is a wonderful opportunity to do something perhaps a bit different, to see you know the amazing talent that we have in this island. I'm always personally blown away by um, what artists are doing here. I love to see, sometimes there's a guy who does, um, I don't know what, his, what, what it's called specifically, but he does these kind of like um, 
drawings with like a pen, a felt pen, but he's always like at spaces like Caymana Bay, like he'll just be sitting there and it takes a while to do. So he does it, like he records it and then he gives like a time-lapse video off of his iPhone. Oh, you're talking about, I think he's Nigerian. Um, oh, I, I just started following him on Instagram recently. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, that is just so cool to see that. His works, his works is going to be on display at um, Garcia um, Gallery at the Grove. So you can. Yeah, I think I've seen him there as well, working in the window. Yeah. yeah. So fantastic. So yeah, I mean, go out and support, um, you know, all the artists because, um, you know, they just do amazing work. And I think it's good to do something different and see something different. So, yeah, Gina's all into it. She says K-Man has some serious talent. I could not agree more when it comes to the visual arts and so many other ways, musically and other things as well. So fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. And we'll see everyone there. And thank you to our sponsors as well. We couldn't make this happen without them. Yeah. So, so big, big shout out to, um, we know that one of your patron sponsors is Miss Oldie. And yes. she obviously does a lot with the arts. She's a big supporter of the National Gallery. And, you know, so who else are some of the other sponsors as well? We've got um, yeah. Georgetown Revitalization. Yep. Yeah. We've got Providence Properties back as a lead sponsor. We've got the National Gallery offering in-kind support as well. The Ministry yeah. of Tourism, Ministry of Culture. So because of all their support, that's why we're able to make this a free event for everyone mm -hmm. to enjoy. Fantastic. And there's no participation fees for the artists at all. Everyone yeah. can, you know the artists and the sales go back all hundred percent of the proceeds go back directly to these artists and galleries. Oh, that's amazing. Real life Caribbean magazine, also a sponsor, little Cayman museum, majestic tours, uh, cricket square and Kirk Freeport and uh, other supporting organizations. So again, thanks to all the sponsors and big shout out to all of the artists out there who are going to be participating in Cayman art week this year. And hopefully you guys can double that 200,000 to 400,000 for 2023. Hey. <laughs> from, from my lips to God's ears. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Have a good so, one. All right, folks. So Cayman Art Week, please go and support it. Follow them, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. They've got a website full of all the um, events information. Uh, we'll be sharing a video as well on our social media page so you can check that out also. So thank you very, very much. And of course, Al Ebanks, we haven't seen him. Uh, for a minute here in the program, I guess maybe he's been busy um, painting and doing, he does all kinds of stuff. He does sculptures and painting and the whole nine yards. Where is he? Um, let's give Al a shout out. He's one of my all-time favorites. Okay, so what do we got here now? Let's see. Somebody says, two FRU just flew down in Pedro. Hot mess. Um, Pedro Road. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. We'll see what that's all about. Um, oh, my apologies. Somebody said that I accidentally at one point said Mario Ebanks when we were talking about Mar Mario Rankin. Please forgive me, Mario Ebanks. At this point, I would just change my name if I were you, but <laughs> you know, um, two totally different people to be very, very clear. Mario Rankin with no E because he always wants people to spell his name correctly. We will, when you get your next conviction for the DUI, we'll make sure we spell it correctly for the news. And then Mario Ebanks has nothing to do with Mario Rankin. Ay, ay, ay. What a hot tamale. I tell you. Um, yes, Carlos said that Al is busy working on sculptures. I figured he's probably tied up doing something like that. 
Um, he's focused on what's important for him. So yeah, he does some amazing work. He has a sculpture out by his studio there in Georgetown too. That's just absolutely beautiful. So good stuff. Um, don't know what's going down. Pedro, stay out of the area. Let the police do whatever it is that we do. And you know, what we do, whatever it is that they're doing. And we'll hear about it later on, I'm sure. Okay. Um, choo -choo 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 -choo. Yes, all right. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about the banks for a minute here. Um, I think, was that Miss um, Charlene calling me this morning? She's another person I haven't heard from in a minute. You know, I miss my regulars um, when they're not here. I'm like, where are they? Uh, so somebody says, good morning, Miss Sandy. Oh, yes. Oh, another scammer that they need some help with. Oh, Lord Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. I tell you. No, sir. One person said to me about what was going on before our guest came in. They said, Sandy, you don't need to explain yourself to anybody. You're a businesswoman. Just get on with it. And I said, I know, honey, chill. I just want people to know what the rules are and what's expected of them. Because I think in life, it's only fair to know what people expect of you. Because you know what happens a lot of times? When you don't know people's expectations, that's where you fall short. And you're like, well, I didn't know that that's what you wanted. Well, you know, I believe in communicating. So I tell you all what's going to happen, how it's going to go down. And then when you mess up, you ain't got no excuse. You can't be like, well, Sandy, we're not a mind reader. We didn't know because I told you. My tea almost finished today, child. So, mm. so hot up in here. The tea's almost finished. All right, so um, yeah, the scamming business hot and came in, says Alejandro, it sure is. You just need a pen and paper and some random phone numbers. Listen, it, it, it runs the gamut. There's scams of all different kinds and types and people. And it's just really quite unfortunate for such a small island that people are trying to take advantage of other people, uh, whether it's in business or personally, or, you know, it's just, it's such a shame really because, oh, this is going to be paradise lost. We really need to get it together, folks. Quite sad. Okay, so let's talk about the situation um, with the banks. So as Siobhan says, communication is key for me, and a lot of people lack it big time. China's cyber warfare unit hard at work. Oh, Lord, are they really? Um, somebody's calling me this morning. Excuse me, folks. Good morning, Sandra speaking. Yes, not bad. How are you? Two o'clock. I'll see you then. Yes, we'll do. Thank you. Alrighty. Bye. All right. I got a two o'clock appointment today, honey. Jam. Appreciate the reminders because I do need them. Um. So yes. So let's talk about the premiere came on Friday show. And so after the premiere show, um, I got a few messages. Now some of y'all be up in your feelings worse than. I don't even know what to call it. But someone messaged me, oh, Sandy, you wasn't hard enough on the premiere. Oh, Lord Jesus. Listen, just because you all have a problem with the premiere doesn't mean that I have to sit here and, and chop the man up in little pieces. I don't have no beef to pick with him. We ask questions. Some might be tougher than others. Some might be very, very straightforward. The people get access to him, which I think is the most important thing. The people get to, to ask him the questions. This is what we're concerned about, sir. This is where, you know, we have issues. 
I'm not inviting the premier on the program to try to cut him off at the knees and make him feel bad. He is coming on the program to tell us, the people, what he's been doing, what's going on within the government, what strides they're making, big strides, small strides, no strides, what's the issue, what's going on. So I don't think that some of you understand the reason why he's here. He doesn't have to be here to be put under pressure. <laughs> I mean, no politician does, right? Having said that, he's the only politician within this group who consistently has said, I will come, sit before the people, put my feet to the fire if that's what the people want, interact with you all on the radio at least once a month, twice a month if his schedule permits it, and answer the people's questions, hear from them, engage with them, talk with them. There's something to be said for that because I kind of laughed when this person said to me, oh, if that was Alden, you would have given him a hard time. Well, first of all, Alden never went on no programs consistently. Not even radio came out. Now they're doing it because they've lost the government. So now they're trying to hoodwink the people into voting for them again. And so they're all over you know, that situation. But let me be very, very clear, folks. Yeah? He is coming on here of his own free will and volition to engage with the people. I don't have to be disrespectful to him. I don't, I don't understand what you guys want me to be saying to Premier Panton that would satisfy you. So this now is about this question of interest rates. Oh, you, you made him get off easy because, um, you know, he ain't talk, talk, talking foolishness about interest rates. He can do more. Okay. Since he can do more, I'm going to ask you all, what can he do? Hmm? Simple question. What do you expect the premier to do about banks? How can he force them, yeah, to, he's saying the suggestion that he's given to them is, listen, every time an interest rate hike goes up, don't implement it right away. Give us a little bit of lead time, leeway, a couple months. What can he do? And then I want to ask y'all a couple other questions in relation to this. And I, I need to I need to push that bicycle forward so I can start pedaling because I need y'all to call in and tell me since you have all the answers. Yeah. We we say to the government, we want you to interfere in private sector because this is what y'all are saying now, right? Let me be very clear to you. Banking is a business. The banks are not here to be your friend. This is not a friendship circle. And guess what? Banking is optional. You don't have to do business with a bank. You don't have to get a mortgage with the bank. A lot of you have, over the years, you throw your little partners, you do whatever. That's how you earn your money. Right? That's how you built your homes in the past. A lot of Caymanians didn't used to go to banks. But because we have now become so over-reliant on banks to live the lifestyle that we want to live, and we don't understand that there's a price to pay for that lifestyle. Y'all need to get it together now. So the things that the Premier is doing, like offering classes in his constituency, finance management, He's trying to make this um, more broadly available to the community. 
a lot of y'all need to sign up for this because I am shocked at people who do not even understand the fundamentals of banking. Recently, I was speaking to um, a young lady who said, you know, she's going to be getting a mortgage. One of these government low-income housing, government, I don't like to call them low-income housing, but, you know, that's what they are. You can only qualify if you fall within a low-income bracket. And she complained to me, oh, Sandy, I didn't know that um, that you, <laughs> I, I was shocked at this. Um, I, I, you know, the bank, the bank just told me I've got what is, three, four or four and five months to come up with closing costs. Nobody told us that. And I'm like, girl, this demonstrates that you don't understand mortgages and you don't know nothing about a mortgage. And somebody, which I mean, the bank should do this at the stage where they sit down with you and tell you what they're going to need. They will tell you there's something called closing costs and if you don't understand what that is, they need to explain that to you. Nobody gets a mortgage without closing costs. But it's shocking to me that our people, and I want you all to comprehend this, in this country expect to get a government house and don't pay any closing fees. They don't understand they're getting the bank, the mortgage from where? The mortgage is coming from a bank. But here's the crazy thing. There's lots of other things that they would be paying, like the rest of us for a mortgage, that they don't even pay. So they're getting a house, essentially, where government is giving them the land. Where else in the world is this happening? Y'all need to stop being so ungrateful. You need to come up with four or $5,000 in closing fees. Honey child, you are lucky. That that's all it is. You know what the average person has to pay in order to get in a house when you go look at some of these mortgages? Y'all need to educate yourselves and stop meow, meowing and complaining all over the place. So the second you get one of these houses through the National um, Trust, you automatically have equity in it because they've given you a house where the land is free to you. And it's built at a, redu a reduced cost of reduction. So really you're getting the equivalent of maybe even a $300,000 house and you're gonna pay far less than that. I need y'all to stop complaining for real and try to educate yourselves. So now you have to come up with a couple thousand dollars in closing fees. That's how the real world works. Yes, you have to pay closing fees. Everybody has to pay that. You have to pay interest. I hear people down Windsor Park with those whom somebody, oh, when they first got their um when they first got their mortgages, they wasn't paying interest. That's what y'all think because of the way the housing trust had it set up. They weren't separating out the interest so you could see it. But nobody in this world, no financial institution is going to give you a loan and not charge you interest. Are y'all crazy? That's how they make their money. That's how they make money. <laughs> I mean, there's only limited ways that banks can make money. And they do so based on interest and some of the other fees that you might be paying. So if you get, y'all need to go and use these mortgage calculators, right? Say if you buy a $350,000 house. Depending on your down payment, 
which most banks here don't even do 100%. Once again, National Housing Trust has brokered a deal where those people get 100% financing and they still complain about $4,000, $5,000 in closing fees. You've got to be kidding because the rest of us do not get 100% financing on a mortgage. We have to come up with a certain percentage and all the different fees adding up. I'm trying to remember when we got our mortgage. Well, that was about five, six years ago. It was at least like $100,000 out of pocket that we had to find between stamp duty, closing fees, this fee, that fee, blah, blah, blah. So you're not going to be getting no sympathy from me, honey child, if that's what you're looking for. Listen, go and look at mortgage calculators and put in the numbers. You put in how much you're borrowing, how much you put down, right? What the loan value is, the interest, which at this rate, you know, interest can be going up. And then you're going to see, uh, this one is based on, I just look at one. So, so this is a 30 term mortgage, right? You started May of 2023. You're, you're um, of course they're doing property tax because it's a US modeled one. Um, PMI, home insurance, you need to have, by the way, life insurance, you got to be able to afford all these things now. You're going to pay on average three, four times for a house by the time you're finished paying off the mortgage if you're only making the minimum payments. Yeah? So look at this. If you borrow $350,000 from the bank, total of 360 payments, the total that you're going to pay is nine, almost a million dollars, but they've added up some stuff in here like home insurance and stuff, which here, that doesn't get added into your mortgage. So let me find a calculator that doesn't add all these extra things because they have some that are very, very straightforward. Um, okay. Uh, household income. That's not what I, this is a, this is how much you can borrow. How much will my monthly payments be? Interest rates. Oh yes. This one is okay. So this one is property Cayman. They actually have a nice little one built into their website. So say you, um, say you purchase a house for $350,000. Yes. Um, most of you now are going to be putting down, is it, what, what is most, most of the banks doing? 90% financing? Some, I think, even drop down to like 80%. So say 350 grand. Um, say 90%, you can get 90% financing, right? So you need to come up with $35,000. Are they doing 90%? I don't even know what they're doing anymore. Interest rate is now at what? I don't even know what it's at. Is it 8%, 9%? Where, where is it now? Um, most banks says Tina is doing 80%. Okay, so you got to come up more than that. Okay, hold on. So if I'm at 350, so 350,000 uh, minus um, 20%. All right, so that's going to be 70 grand that you got to come up with, right? That isn't included stamp duty now. Y'all know. There's other fees, there's closing fees, whatever. That's just your down payment. That's what I'm telling you. That's your down payment, plus you got to do all this other stuff, okay? Interest rate is at what percentage now? I don't even know. 
Amortization over 20 years, say you can get 25 years, depends on your age. Okay, it'll tell you based on interest. Uh, tell me what interest is at right now. 9%, Lord Jesus, take the wheel. So you're at 9% interest. Monthly payments is going to be $2,349. Um, mortgage interest, I'm going to show you all this because this is where y'all need to pay attention. This is optional. You don't want to get a mortgage, don't get a mortgage. Home ownership is not meant for everyone. I used to chuckle when I see these people on social media. Oh, yeah, I can afford $1,200 in rent, but they don't want to give me a mortgage. You know why they don't want to give you a mortgage? Because for this same reason. When the interest rates start to go up, all the years that the interest rates were coming down, y'all weren't complaining then, by the way. Let's be fair to the banks. I didn't see y'all complaining that, oh, well, you keep dropping the interest rates or they're at zero. Um, come on now. You know, why y'all giving us such a good deal? I didn't see anybody complaining then. But look at this. This is what you're going to pay on a $350,000 mortgage where you put down 70 grand. You're still going to end up paying over $700,000 if you pay over 25 years. Now, you have some control over this and that you can make extra payments. I keep telling you all. Yes, you've got to get in with the bank if you want to quick time get to home ownership. Most people are not doing home owner financing like that anymore, right? You might be able to find a few specials on land where you can still get them owner financed. Your best bet is to throw everything at this mortgage. And I do mean everything. Make necessary sacrifices. You want to take you and your family of, of six people on a vacation that's going to cost you $10,000, $15,000 by the time you figure in airfare, hotel, food, um, you know, spending money, going to the mall money, all this kind of stuff. Some of y'all drop a lot of money during Christmas time on gifts. You know what the best gift you can give yourself? It's the gift of being mortgage free. <laughs> that's the best gift you can give to you and your family. So whatever you would have spent on Christmas, put it in an envelope and show your children, oh, this is what we're going to do this year. We're going to put that on our mortgage because one day we're going to be mortgage free. You get one toy for Christmas, one little gift for Christmas. Instead of having a Christmas tree with 25 toys under it, and they're going to throw down in two weeks in any event. Pay that mortgage off as quickly as you can. That is your best bet. I mean, it's, it's shocking, right? I was talking to my cousin about this and she said, Sandy, you know, our people are really a bunch of ungreats, you know? And I said, well, some, I'm not going to label everybody the same. Some of us are. She said, this is like the, the, the feast and famine. When times were good, interest rates were good. What were y'all doing? Were you paying extra in your mortgages then? Of course you were not. You were out there living your best life getting brand new cars, paying ridiculous interest rate on cars. By the way, how much is the interest rate for new vehicles? I bet y'all not talking about that. Because that's a different interest rate from your mortgage. Yeah, you're still paying that. You can find money to pay for that, though. I mean, come on. I'm not saying there's not stuff that the banks couldn't do. What I'm saying is the banks are running a business just like everybody else. Do I want the government to get into the affairs of CNB and tell them how to run their business and what they must charge in interest rates and what they must charge here and how they must do this, that, and that? 
No, actually I don't. You know why? Show me one business that government has ran successfully and then we can talk. Government has their own bank. And you know what? You have options. Y'all act like you don't have options. You actually do have options. CIDB, the government-owned bank, will give you a, a locked-in rate. I don't know what it's at, but go and explore it. That is where government can control things. And that is exactly what they've done. Remember the other day? Let me look up this story and I can tell you um, how this one went. I can't remember all the details. But CIDB, um, government said to CIDB, start offering fixed rate loans. See here? This was July of last year. CIDB offers mortgagers, mortgagees uh, below current prime rate. Okay, so you could get interest rates as low as 3.75% for two years, significantly below the current prime rate, yes. And the government talked them up $15 million to loan to Caymanian mortgage seekers. You can use it to buy or build a home and for mortgage refinancing. So you can get up to $600,000 on a 30-year term. And this is after they met with Parliament and they launched this advertising program and Parliament has topped them up, given them money. So when y'all say to me, oh, well, you need to put, you need to put um, Premier Panton under pressure. I'm like, he's given y'all a solution. Go to CIDB. <laughs> That's a government-owned bank. They can tell them what to do. They can put programs in place to help people. If you want to stay with a commercial bank because you want other benefits that come with a commercial bank, then you can pay the, the going interest rate. That's just how it works. CIDB is subsidized by government. That's our money, the people's money, $15 million. They're not making a profit. They will take a loss and your money will help to subsidize them and y'all are happy with that. You're paying for it one way or the other. I do hope you understand that, right? There's no such thing as a free meal in this world. You're not getting it. Credit union, for those of you who are civil servants, I think they offer something. I don't know what their interest rate is, but they offer interest rate things and whatever as well. Listen to me very, very carefully, folks. If you are with a traditional bank, you are able to go to your bank. Y'all need to talk to your bank individually. If you've always paid well and you paid on time and they've had no issues with you, your banks will gladly, gladly give you a fixed rate. They normally only do it for a couple years. But you know what is so funny? CIDB only doing it for a couple years too. And they're a government-owned bank because no bank can be sustainable giving you a fixed rate on a 25, 30-year mortgage for life. They would never make any money and they would fail. And when banks fail, you got a problem on your hands. To me, this is like so simple, but the fact that people aren't getting it and, and business owners are sending me voice notes about, oh, you need to go in harder on the premier. I said, when the premier comes to your business and starts telling you, you must charge this for this item, you can't do this and you can't do that. I wanna hear what y'all gonna say then. Because encouraging business, encouraging government interference in private sector is something you will regret if you think that that's a good idea. And you can't demand it of the banks and not think it's not going to trickle down into other businesses as well. And on top of that, folks, 
let me be very, very clear. Where in the world do you see any country in the world controlling, um, controlling the banks? Not even the United States of America, can they do it? So you expect Premier Panton to do what? Work a miracle that nobody else in the world can do? The only places that control banks are places like Russia and China. Because they have government-run banks, state banks that they own. And so they do whatever they want with those institutions. 936-BOBO is a telephone number. Um, Y'all need to be realistic. Now, let me talk politics here for a second. Because politics always seems to have a way of seeping into common sense. First of all, I see that, um, what's his name there? Chris Saunders and McKeever Bush got together, knowing full well that the premier had um, been in talks with the banks from last year, knowing full well that they'd been discussing it in caucus. They jump up last week, according to Loop anyway. Oh, yes, we're going to be bringing a motion about interest rates. I find this humorous because this is just pandering to the ignorance of the general public. Yeah. Two things. They're going to bring a consider motion. And what is that going to do? A consider motion does nothing. It's not going to change the, 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 the cost of anything. It's not going to, you know, it, it's a joke when you actually understand what a consider motion is. All it says is the government is going to kind of consider the motion. And the government always votes yes to consider a motion. And then nothing happens because it's just a consider motion. There's no requirement for the government to do anything other than think about it. And so most of the time, government doesn't waste any time debating a consider motion. Okay, yeah, we'll consider it, sure. And nothing happens. But the optics of it is, oh, Chris Saunders and um, uh, former Speaker of the House, Mr. Bush, both trying to remain relevant for very, very different reasons, both disgraced in their current positions. Oh, they have the answers. Really? McKeever Bush has sat in government for what, 30-something years? Has he ever, let me ask you all this question. Has he ever done anything productive with a bank? Has he ever controlled interest rates before? This is not the first time in his cycle, in his lifetime, the interest rates have gone through the roof. What did he do before? Y'all need a, y'all need a Jesus moment now. Because as far as I'm concerned, the only thing he did was contribute to the downfall of your first Cayman Bank. Huh, talk that. But now he got the answers with interest rates at, at banks? Come on now. His bad advice the first Cayman Bank made them fail. And a lot of y'all depositors lost your money. And this is who you want to take banking advice from? This is who you want to be telling banks how to run their business? These politicians who don't have a clue? Chris Saunders has worked in banking. Yeah, he worked at finance at HSBC. When he was there, you think he would allow any government to come in there and tell them what to do with their interest rates and how to handle their books and how to, how to loan out loans? I don't think so. So when Chris Saunders says it during a general election, I do nothing but laugh. Oh, we got to do something about these banks, you know. Oh, interest rates and blah, blah. And he says all these fancy words and y'all don't even know what the hell the man is talking about. Go speak to an economist. Speak to a banking expert who has no skin in this game politically. And they will tell you that the things that Chris Saunders is recommending could never work. 
It don't even make no damn sense from a banking perspective. I've spoken to some of them myself. And they're like, this is where the people of this country are being hoodwinked. They love the optics. They love people, oh, I'm going to save you from the banks. I'm going to save you from the insurance companies. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it never gets done. Chris Saunders was in there for two years. What did he do in the last two years that he was there with the banks? Why he didn't fix it? If it's so easy to fix, and now you ask the government to do a consider motion, when you were there as finance minister, why didn't you do something? Simple as that. But you know what? We're going to invite the Bankers Association on the program because I'm not saying that there's not more that they could, couldn't do. Just like during COVID, they stepped up to the plate. They gave people an opportunity to take several months. Some of them extended up to six months. No mortgage payments. I kept telling you guys, if you do not need to take it, don't take it. Why are you taking a break on your mortgage for three to six months? You will have to pay that money back. The banks don't give you anything for free. They're a business. Good morning, caller. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm actually just live on the radio right now. Um, so yes, <laughs> so I will, I will have a lookout for your email though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, chill. That was an invite to ribbon cutting. I'm like, we can't discuss that right now. We're talking some business. I would love to hear from the Cayman Islands Bankers Association, because like I said, you know, during the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, the government again went to them and said, Hey, what can you do? All right. For people who are in good standing, because you have to meet criteria, we will allow you to have a abatement on your, your mortgage. You don't pay for three months, six months. Well, this show wasn't on radio then, so a lot of you might not have heard it. Those of you who were paying attention because we were on social media, what did I say? I said, do not take it if you don't need it. A lot of you... You, your job has not been impacted in any way. You're still working. You're still getting your full salary. You work for government. Government not giving you a pay cut. Don't go and tell me, oh, yeah, I can get three months and six months without paying a mortgage. You're going to regret it. Right? Because you're going to pay that at the tail end of your mortgage. And look at y'all now complaining. You would have been ahead. Those of you who got your drawdown on your pension, Went and got cars. You know what some of these people that work in the banks are telling me, Sandy? People are coming in, paying off a car mortgage, only to take out another car loan. Not mortgage, but car loan. And I was like, what? And they said, yes. They use their pension money to pay off a car loan to turn around and get another new car. Going into uncertain times. This is the fiscal decision that you make? I was like, What? Our people need financial management education more than anything else. My mind was blown. I could not believe what these bankers were telling me. They're like, yeah, we see it all the time. You got $25,000, $30,000 from your pension draw down during COVID, and you were still working full time. 
the best thing you could have done was gone straight to the bank and put that on your principal. Bring down your mortgage by 25, 30 grand, one lick. It was, it blew my mind that the vast majority of people didn't use their money sensibly. And now they're gonna sit down and complain about interest rates going up. You know what else was sensible at the time? Even me saw the writing on the wall. I'm like, okay, we're going into a pandemic. For me, this feels very uncertain. So I said to my husband, when the bank was like, okay, tell us what you need. CNB was like, tell us what you guys need. Do you want to take advantage of the, you know, the non-payments, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what I really want? What I really need is a fixed interest. Tell, talk to me about a fixed interest mortgage. And they said, okay, well, we offer fixed interest mortgages, two years, three years, and we fix it, blah, 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 blah. I said, give us that. The entire pandemic, interest never move. Yeah? Even to me, started to second guess myself because I'm no banking expert. I'm like, hmm, did it make sense for me to do a fixed interest thing? Because nothing happened. All right. April came. That was the two years or three years, whatever, for the fixed thing. And the, the bank email, okay, your fixed mortgage is up. Do you want to set it back at fix or what do you want to do? And I was like, mm. but nothing happened. So maybe I got it wrong. Maybe in my head, I thought this pandemic was going to, you know, do something financially, turn the world upside down, whatever. And I said, it didn't happen. So I guess we'll go back to regular um, interest. By the following month, the first interest rate increase came. Y'all hear me? And I said, but geez, um, blouse and skirts, look, you know. I said, no, no, Bobo, this coming. I, I, I was early, but it coming. And I ran back to CNB. And I said, mm, I want to rethink my decision. I want it fixed again. They said, okay, no problem. Locked it in again. How many of you who are sitting down complaining about interest rates approached your bank about getting your interest rate fixed? I'll wait for somebody to call me and tell me how many of y'all did it. Everton, uh, when somebody's realtor need to do, if someone is trying to buy a house, they should sit down with them and let them know all the requirements and purchasing a home. I mean, that's not really your realtor's job. I guess if the realtor's a good realtor, they might do that. That's your bank's job because the bank knows the requirements. Most realtors, you know, they don't get too much in the financing end uh, with you. They might give you a business card for, hey, go check this person at this bank or whatever. But that's on you to do that. Consumers need to stop waiting for everybody to hold their hand and fix it for them. They need to take some responsibility. You have to educate yourselves, right? You need to understand a little bit about how interest works. Some of y'all have credit cards. I want to share a story with you to show you how ignorant our people are and how poor they are with fiscal management. When we were getting our mortgage in our house, I had, had an apartment, had a lot of equity in it. And I decided to sell the apartment. My husband's like, no, 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 let's not sell it. You know, we can, we can, we can do both. And I said, mm -hmm. I don't believe in chewing off more than I can handle. And I can see how this can go now. 
I said, listen to me. Home ownership, bigger house now comes with a lot of stress and a lot of responsibility and whatever, right? Now I'm responsible for the lawn. I'm responsible for the house insurance. It's no longer strata, you know, house insurance going through the roof. I said, no, 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 no. We can sell this property. And I tell you why. We could hold on to it, but it's going to stress me out. And I'm not looking for no stress in my life. Okay. I don't want to have two mortgages to worry about. I don't want to have to worry about tenants because, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I can put my foot down as landlord. So now I have to deal with tenants. I still got to pay a mortgage. I still got to have strata. The rent mightn't cover both the mortgage and the strata. So you might still be out of pocket money. Plus, I got to deal with the strata themselves. And some of them are not got no sense over there. Yes, so. So I was like, eh, that's too much stress for me. Sell the apartment. That actually helps us with the down payment in the house. Less stress because we had enough equity in it. Puts you in a much more comfortable position coming into the house. Everybody know when you come into a house, even if it's a new build, you got lawn work to do. You got trees, thousands of dollars worth of landscaping. You got to fix up this and fix up that. You want solar panels. You got, you know, you're always fixing up and doing things as you go along with a property. I don't want to move into a house and don't have no money to do anything on the house. That's stress. To me, that's like nail biting stress. I don't want that. I'm so glad I sold that property. Trust me. Yeah. Not to say that having a little rental property is not a bad idea, but, but you got to look at the pros and cons in the moment and what it is that you're trying to achieve. So one piece, there were some people next door to us who were renting a unit and they saw that our unit was up for sale. And, you know, I had spent money over the years renovating my unit and that complex, it was a very small complex. I was the only person who actually renovated my unit since they had been built. So I was going to command top dollars as high as you could go. So these people came, they live next door, like, oh, we love your unit. You know, we want to buy it. And I said, well, go sort out your financing at the bank. Then I got nothing to do with me. Sort that out and come back. <laughs> they came back. L listen to how Caymanians think. And then y'all got to see what is really wrong with people. And not even the bank and the interest rates. It's not the premier. It's not nobody in this country. It is you yourself, your own worst enemy. They came back and said, and the funny thing is, one of them actually worked for a local bank. This couple came back and said, well, we decided, um, the bank said, we can't qualify for that amount. And I said, well, I can't help you because I'm not lowering my brace. We can't qualify for that amount because we have a credit card. Here it is now. You know, credit card interest rates are jacked up at the roof. We have a credit card and the bank said in order for us to qualify for this mortgage, we would have to get rid of the credit card. And we use that credit card to like shop online and do this and do that. I was like, wow. We're, we're, I need a button here for mind blowing. I don't even know what which one this would be. Uh, mind blowing something. What is it? Um, it's not really. Like I need another one when my brain is just like, what? You have a credit card. You have a chance at home ownership, right? And you don't pre-qualify for the correct amount, except if you paid off and got rid of the credit card. You would rather keep a credit card, which is one of the highest interest rates and highest types of debt that you could possibly have, as opposed to trying to get a little home of your own. 
That's where their priorities were. Y'all need to listen very carefully to what I just said. They would rather keep the credit card to be able to do online frivolous clothes shopping for themselves and these kids, as opposed to trying to get in a house and continue to pay rent. That's when you know you definitely don't need a mortgage. You continue to pay rent, honey jam. You're not ready. RD says, you don't believe in monetary policy. Government shouldn't get into the bank business, but they should be involved in ensuring fair practices. You used to say so yourself. What do you define as fair practice? Telling the bank how much they can charge in, in a mortgage uh, rate and not to increase the rate when the rates are increasing that's impacting their, their borrowing and, and the money that they can turn around and loan you. I don't think that's fair practice to anybody. I think that's how you guarantee a bank is going to fail. I'm all for fair practice. I'm all for consumer protection. What I'm not for is for government to try to get into business that they don't even understand and try to dictate to those people how to run their affairs. And by so doing so, make those institutions fail. Because who is going to bail you out when CNB and other institutions start to fail in this country? Government? Did they bail you out the first Cayman Bank? I don't think so. Well, Ms. Brenda doesn't agree. She says, Sandra, you're wrong, very wrong regarding the banks. Government can and tell these banks how to run their business. Huh. Firstly, all banks need to be regulated and operating with the solids, solids, I don't think that's the right word, and policies. And if they refuse, they sanction them. There are many ways to discipline them. They're all operating rogue except for CNB. But I don't agree with that. The licensing and sanctioning power that SEMA has has nothing to do with interest rates. They don't have that type of regulatory power. Go and read the banking law. And it's easy because you can just go to SEMA.KY and you can look at, let me see here now, Banking Statistical Digest. Let me see if they have. Um, so the regulation for banks has nothing to do with things like interest rates. So the regulation for banks is making sure that they're property, properly capitalized, right? That they have money in the books that they're not you know, doing anti-money laundering stuff. They're not putting people and their money at risk. That's the way in which they're being regulated by SEMA. They're not being regulated by SEMA with SEMA trying to micromanage them and tell them how much to charge for, um, how much to charge for interest rates. So, I mean, you need to be very, very specific here. SEMA issues class A and B banking licenses. Right? There's the Bank and Trust Companies Act that lays out very, very clearly what SEMA's powers are. They also have the Bank and Trust Companies license application fees and regulations. So I would encourage you all to go look at what powers SEMA actually has. What do they require? See what they have here? Requirements for locally incorporated company banking license category A and B banking license. What's required? Minimum required capitalization. Undertaken not to solicit funds in the Cayman Islands, principal office, authorized agents, local auditors, the date of the financial year end, application fees, opening bank balance, licensing fees. Those are the things that SEMA regulates. SEMA does not regulate the inner workings of a bank. They can't tell you who to be loaning money to, when to loan it to them, what interest rate to charge and what not to charge, etc. So the regulation, Ms. Brenda, with all due respect that you're talking about, 
is not what SEMA is in the business of. Again, I would love for y'all to, but the Federal Reserve, that's a completely different banking system. They're the reason why your interest rates are going up. You think the banks can say to the Federal Reserve, well, don't, don't, raise, any, don't raise interest rates anymore because our customers are not happy with us? The Federal Reserve is the reason why the interest rates are going up. They're, they're not regulating it in the sense that they're protecting anybody from increasing interest rates. And to be fair, the banking system in the U.S. is, is different. So there's this trickle-down effect. Some of y'all say, well, the trickle-down effect doesn't make any sense. This is why we need the banks in Cayman, the Bankers Association, to come on the program and explain it and break it down to the people. Who's the financial experts around here? This person says, the demise of First Cayman Bank was the only thing he did with banks. Good morning. I've not had a credit card for 20 years. I not, have not had a car loan in over 10 years. Government NERSEMA cannot tell banks what interest rate to charge. What the hell? Uh, I fixed my mortgage from day one. In my mind, the rates will always go up due to inflation. And sometimes they go down. Like I said, there were a long period of, of the rates going down and not a single person complained. Somebody says, don't forget that the pension that people took and blew it, blew it away. Not too many out. Um, not too many put it in their mortgages, I'm willing to bet. Same thing I said. Somebody says, kaboom, yes. Um, oh, God. The police is at a residence down in Pedro. Ay, ay, ay. Yep, well, we knew, we heard they were going down there. Mm. And trust me, this is interesting because she just gone on vacation. I only know that because y'all post all your business on social media. So I wonder what they're raiding her house for now. Lord Jesus. I soon go down there. What time it is? Mm, once you show and I go down and take a little picture. Um, so I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I think, you know what? Invite the banks in, ask them the questions. They can explain it. But y'all need to really look at some serious money movements. Y'all act like the banks have to do you a favor. <laughs> I mean, they're in the business of making money. And just like in the United States of America, when they fail, the only thing the U.S. can do is try to protect depositors because they have that depositors insurance thing, whatever, right? Y'all need to go read up on that. Why are these banks failing? Mm -hmm. We've had, what, three, four banks fail so far in the U.S.? So far, they're saying that it's contained. Okay, so we've had three banks, Silicon Valley, First Republic Bank, and Signature Bank. They account for 2.4% of all assets in the banking sector. They have a whole list of which other banks are in danger of failing. The risk of 187 bank failures in 2023. This is according to... Norada Real Estate Investments. Hmm. What a hot mess. You go to Bank Rate website. They will tell you about all the banks that have failed since 2009. Yeah? Go check that out, honey chair. 
Nobody's here telling you that the banking system is perfect. What I'm saying is there's a lot of people that haven't gotten it right. And these banks are regulated out the wazoo and they're still failing and people are still losing their money. Thankfully, Cayman has, after that first Cayman Bank, you know, we've never had um, a bank failing in this country and knock on wood. I mean, I put my goat mat on anybody. We've not had a bank failure in this country. Maybe it's because they actually know how to handle their business. I'm just saying. Government wants to get involved in this. Doesn't seem to me like they're the ones to do it. Um, they can barely get the economy right that this was being charged of. Hi, yeah, yeah. Uh, International Monetary Fund talks about state-owned banks. Um, being important because, again, there's certain things that private banks can do that state-owned banks, you know, they can take a hit, they can take a loss, and they're going to be funded by governments. There's a whole article in The Economist about how it might be possible for the state to take control of the banking system because they actually don't control it, despite what you all think. Here's what this article says. Go read The Economist. America's banking conflagration may have died down, but the cleanup continues. Small and mid-sized banks have lost about $260 billion in deposits this year. The Federal Reserve continues to plug much of the gap having lent nearly $150 billion to banks via emergency schemes. Next year, the Fed must decide whether to prolong them. And by May the 1st, the Federal Deposit Insurance, that's FDIC Corporation, will produce a menu of options for Congress about how to reform or expand the backup the regulator provides, which is currently capped at $250,000 per depositor. Many blame the limit for the run on which uh, which brought down Silicon Valley Bank SVB. So they try to have this safety net in place and even the safety net is limited. That's because the, the government is not running these banks. They just provide a safety net to consumers. This wouldn't be the first time in American history that banks have failed. There's been quite a few. All right, we'll put together an expert panel and have them come on the show. Um, Lance, good morning. Uh, why do these people call my other number today? Morning caller on the on on air. Yes, sir. Mm. When when was when was that posted? A couple weeks ago. Mm. Um, if I haven't gotten back to you, that means that I haven't found the post. So the problem is, if you wait too long, because we get so many lost and found items, my dear. If you wait too long, only God knows. What I can do is try to post it back on social media, asking whoever posted it to maybe contact us again. But just send me a WhatsApp message. All right, dear. Okay. You're welcome. 
Some people wait a long time after something's been lost and posted on our pages to get in contact with us. Three weeks is a long time in the world of social media, and we no longer can recall who the heck sent that message. Um, Catherine, someone, if anyone finds a white Samsung Note 10, another lost item, please contact her. Um, Miss Dean, good morning. Uh, is that water I'm sipping with a straw? Yes, it is. So most mornings I got a cup of tea and some nice cold water. Uh, Perla says credit card is not a good idea. Well, let me be very clear. Um, most people have a credit card for certain things like travel when they travel because you get additional protection and, you know, rentals and whatever. But you shouldn't be living. The point that I was making with that couple is they were living and the bank could see that they were living off of their credit card and they were maintaining credit card debt. Yeah. And the bank could see that that was a problem. That's why they said to them, if you want to qualify for this mortgage, you need to give up this credit card because that's a line of credit that you're utilizing. That's a very high interest rate. And it's people who make those kind of poor decisions in their lives that end up defaulting on mortgages. You think the banks don't have an idea of who is going to default on a mortgage based on a number of different factors when they look at your your debt ratio amongst other things, even your personality type will determine whether you're not you're the type of person who might default on a mortgage. I'm just saying they look at a lot of things more than y'all might think or realize. Right? And people who are constantly Struggling again, going back to this this whole storyline about, oh, I can I can afford a mortgage. I can pay twelve hundred dollars in rent. Mm -mm, mm -mm. There's way more to it than that, honey, jail. And the banks are much aware of that, because guess what? Interest rate is not the only thing that's going up. Insurance is going up. Property insurance is going up. So when the bank looks at, wow, you're going to be tied up with us for thirty years. It's like really. Jerry says, my payments have always reflected the rate increases, but never the decrease. Well, when was the last time interest rates decreased is the question. I don't really know how long you've had your mortgage, Jerry, but I can tell you that the banks adjust it in both directions. I don't know of any bank that is going to take the, the decrease and not pass it on to consumers. And in fact, the premier said as much when he was here on Friday, when he said that when interest rates were like basically flat and they weren't making any money, the bank said, listen, we're losing here. We need to increase fees and whatever to be able to continue to pay salaries and do this and do that and still make a profit. They're in the profit making business. Um, Ms. Vernita says, Sandy's not the only one to ask questions. And I get off your, you know what? You can call in, ask the questions that are bothering Anna. I um, always want people to do on a work. <laughs> I mean, I just don't, I just don't understand um, what the issue is because just like you can shop around for anything else in this world, you can shop around banks as well. You can choose to move your mortgage. You know, you have that option. Some banks, and this is where you got to look at the, the fine print. Some banks do penalize you for early payoff and other things. Before you, th this is a problem, right? When we get a mortgage, all of us are always so happy. Oh my God, my mortgage is, is approved. How many of you actually look at the fine print on the mortgage? 
Do you read the mortgage documents or you just sign every page and sign the last page, initial every page and you're done? Go through folks and read those documents carefully and make sure if you have any questions that you actually ask the relevant question. Everton says that the banks that fail are not regulated by the federal banking. They're independent corporations. And when they fail, they, they look for the government to bail, them, to bail them out. So whenever you join in the bank, make sure the bank is regulated. Well, that doesn't really apply to Cayman. We don't have that kind of difference here. Uh, Ms. Sharon says, whatever my debit card can't do, I ain't doing. Credit cards are a no-no. John says, our property insurance up 27% with Island Heritage, $5,000 off post-Ivan levels, so really bad. And unfortunately, this has nothing to do with us. This is the reinsurance market all over the world. Florida, I talked about the insurance crises in um, Florida and across the U.S. and how that was going to impact us, but Florida in particular. And when you know a little bit about how reinsurance works, everybody carries the risk. And especially those of us who are in the, um, those of us who were in the hurricane zone, even more of an excuse. But we talked about this, this insurance crisis before with Florida. Insurance going up as much as 40% for them. So you might be lucky, John LaRue, if you're only seeing it up at, uh, Hold on here now. At 25%? Because Floridians, it just went up 40% for them? All right, hold on a second here now. Let's watch this little video coming out of Florida. This is just a couple of weeks ago, May 3rd. This, this is one of the reasons why I always tell people, we don't live in a vacuum, right? We have got to ensure that we are um, keep keeping up with what is happening all over the world because it impacts us. Everything from reinsurance to all these other things, it has a real impact in our lives. This is not the world, the, the island that time has forgotten. Nobody has forgotten us. Good morning. Uh-oh. I don't know if that caller is having a problem reaching us. It keeps disconnecting. Have a look at, at this, folks. Um. Oh, hold on. You guys can't hear that? Uh-oh. All right, hold on one second. Let me let me do this again. Hold on. I might not have selected on um, one second. Let me see here now. 
Let me pull it back in. Uh, we're gonna do screen share window. Oh, let me do it this way. My apologies, one second. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. The Florida insurance crisis is only expected to get worse. New data showing homeowners insurance rates only expected to soar this year. And today, several watchdog groups are pointing the finger at the governor. But a nonpartisan insurance information group says it's simply not that cut and dry. NBC6 anchor Chris Hush is live in Wilton Manors to explain the findings. Chris? Some analysts suggest that these rates will be going up by as much as 40% this year with no end in sight. And the analysts that we spoke with today say there are plenty of contributing factors that are going into this rate increase. So in the past two years, my house has gone up by $2,000. Imarobi Josie isn't alone. Florida homeowners facing a major spike in insurance rates. Right now I'm paying over about $4,000 in, in taxes and insurance now. In fact, Florida homeowners are paying around $4,231 a year on average, according to the Insurance Information Institute. That's three times the national average of just more than $1,500. Last year, rates went up 33%. This year, they're projected to hit 40%. How these people are suffering is not right. The American Federation of Teachers says it knows why. The insurance companies in Florida had a $2 billion taxpayer bailout. Ron DeSantis has decided to side with insurance companies and not with Floridians. That union, along with several other watchdog groups, releasing what they call an explosive report pointing the finger at our governor, accusing him of accepting millions of dollars from the insurance industry. But recent data from uh, Standard & Poor's that showed the Florida insurance industry lost a cumulative $1.5 billion in net income last year. The nonpartisan Insurance Information Institute says there are unique factors contributing to Florida's insurance crisis, mainly the amount of insurance litigation in the state insurance fraud and natural disasters. Hurricane Ian, the second most expensive insurance loss event in history. Not to mention, half of the state's insurance companies are at risk of failing. Regardless if they were your insurance company or your neighbor's insurance company, we all end up paying the freight. Higher risk state means higher cost. Now, Florida lawmakers did recently pass legislation overhauling property insurance, and that's really aimed at reducing those litigation costs. However, other factors like climate change, for example, do threaten to keep those rates pretty high here. We did reach out to the governor's office. Governor's office. However, we have not yet received a reply. We're live in Wilton Manors. I'm Chris Hosh, NBC6 News. All right, folks. So there you have it. And I'm back on the bicycle in case you're wondering, but there you have it. It's these things are not, this is what I caution people. I tell you every single day, I'm no expert. I rely on experts, right? I try to learn and read and know a little bit about this and a little bit of that, but don't oversimplify the problem and also don't oversimplify the solutions. These things are very complex. Everything from the storms, climate change, scammers, right? Litigation, all these things drive up the cost of insurance. You know why we care about somebody like Amario Rankin out there wrecking a $300,000 car? Not just because he's gonna kill somebody one day, but people like him 
also increase the cost of insurance for all of the rest of us? Caller, good morning. Oh gosh, what happened? Caller, are you there? I can't hear you. No, honey child. Uh-uh. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I was trying to get that caller on, but I can't hear him. All right, let me try calling them back because I know they've called a few times and I've not been able to hear them. Anybody else want to call in so I can get on my bicycle? Help me out here now. I need to start riding. Let's try it again. Hi, caller. Can you hear me? Yes, Mama. Could all oh, yeah. You? There you go. I couldn't hear you. Talk, uh, as, yeah, talk, as, long, talk as long as you want so I can pedal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I hear you being breathless. In yeah, yes, Chair. <laughs> um, I, I say no. I, I believe I'm getting this. I'm charging the right person, but mm -hmm. I don't want no name before. I'm not charging the right person. I say whose idea it is that we should bond Dana Warren. Oh, I think it was but just that was in that was Johan Moxham. Yeah, Mr. Mom. Stop looking here. Mm -hmm. As long as the host of the show can put up with Mr. Dana Warren and Mr. Dana Warren can put up with um the host of the show. We better try to leave the two of them alone because we get good information, we get good teaching, we get good everything, Mr. Johan. Because you got your times when you don't come on at all, get good teaching from you too. Wants to hear from you, and I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. But yeah, we can't take away the two little ones that that that, that can teach us something. And Kimanians Kim need to be taught um taught right now. So we cannot not go in no place. And you take all you I hate when you write. I hate when you write. It's too succinct when you write. I like your weaving and even all over the place. So please call. <laughs> and you have a nice day, Mr. Um, Johan. And then eh, you you know how it is. Allow me some then eh, and um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Keep on calling. All yes, right, honey, you. chill. Appreciate it. Okay, All right. bye bye. Oh, she could have talked longer, you know. Because listen, <laughs> <laughs> I just getting going on the bicycle. Anything, yeah, you anything else on your mind today? <laughs> Huh? Yeah, I got plenty on my mind. I got plenty on my mind, but it's not sorted out. No, they're looking at to ask the question. I want to beat up on the premier, but that can be private because I don't like the out of the, the air of the laundry in the public. Mm -hmm. But this, and, and when it was last week, you said, because it just reminded me that uh -huh. last, when the premier came to the radio and said the things he said, mm -hmm. I, I already called radio came on. I wanted to crawl in a shell for him, but at least he was honest about the, mm -hmm. the bank, you know, the, the, our, our banks, our banks that make yeah. all the well, money. Well, this is, this is a thing, caller, right? What do you want? An all honest politician who's going to try to tell you that your expectations yeah. cannot be met, or mm -hmm. a politician who's going to lie to you and claim they can fix something and they never do it. Uh-huh. That was it. At least he was honest, but I wanted to crawl in a shell that these people come to a country that where they have so much freedom and they just come with this hard nail and hard face. They will not 
put a little piece of cotton over the nail before they strike it. Mm-hmm. They strike it and they make it flip and burn down the whole of the, your building, the whole of your yard, the whole of your town, the whole of your economy, just because they can do it. Yeah. But I thank the Premier very much for, for talking the truth because nobody has said something like that. Like I say, I won't beat him too, but, but this is my place. Uh, and let, um, let me ask you um, another question, caller, right? This is in relation to politicians. This is what I keep saying. It is dangerous for us to hire politicians and put them in positions that they're not even qualified for. That too. <sighs> that is a big thing going about now with people that work in, and I, I don't know nothing much about finances. If I got enough to go to Foster's, I go and I load up the car. And when I get by, by the corner, I know I'm not going to have money. So I keep putting the most important one for the money done. And then I, I'll use it stuff for the cashier. That's my financial acumen. Mm-hmm. Nothing about finances. But people are talking. People are talking. Mm-hmm. People are talking. The financial arm of government need to get the, the overseas finance and the local finance because that's how I separate them because then I say I don't know nothing much. Need to get together and they need. I think the campaign has begun. Oh, oh Lord, it never ended. So they need to get together to find out how and what they are going to do. And here is where campaign finance reform would do good because you wouldn't have people so willing to donate to the mm-hmm. campaigns who can call in their loans later on during the administration if mm. and when. They are successful. Now, honey, child, you just hit something there. Those are some interest rates. What we need to do, what we need to do, Mm -hmm. who are running, who want to run, and who will run. You you have a team of people that will go door to door for you and don't charge you nothing. That Mm -hmm. means when you want to run, you need to start early because you you yourself need to get out there and take some of the load off. Who? Down waiting on me? The Run where? On the treadmill? No, you don't, I don't mean. You don't see I'm. You don't see I'm cycling. No, that's, third that's in the third person. Oh. Everybody. <laughs> no, um, no. But when they want to run, when when people who want. To oh, run, okay, okay. Their minds. You get out there. And you go door to door, and if you can't humble yourself, you don't bother with the exercise. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you know it that you did wrong here and there and you can't fall on your sword, don't bother with the exercise. Mm-hmm. And you also get some people who believe, if you're not, run, if you're not running to make Cayman better for Caymanians, you mm-hmm. don't need to bother. Mm-hmm. But people who have the same mindset to come out there and walk for you and walk with you. Mm-hmm. I know people walk for people, but they want to play them and have been there, done that. Mm-hmm. It, all, <laughs> it seems me to know what the, the the potential candidate got to go through. Uh-huh. We don't want, but Caymanians don't want to do anything for this country. That's why we are how we are. We are backed against the wall. One, as the standard would say, one honey in front and one behind uh-huh. to show our nakedness, to show our, our, um, our poverty and everything else. We are backed into the corner because nobody wants to do anything 
for Cayman that the Cayman Islands is going to benefit from. It has got to be like a job and yes. it can't always be that way. Listen to me, politicians, Mr. Premier, I thank you very much for your candid remarks last week. And I believe what the association or the organization didn't believe, didn't know is that he would come back to his people with the story. Mm -hmm. And everybody's riled up this morning. We might not have any money in the bank, but we still came on you. And the Panton name stands proud this morning, yeah, because that's what OLP would have done, mm -hmm. I do believe. And listen, let me let me say this too, right? As consumers of banks, maybe y'all have more power than you think. I know, but I can't do that because remember now, you're a lawyer. No, but I mean, we could all, we could all, you know, we could all email our banks this morning. Every one of you should have the email address for your loan managers and say, listen, we hear uh, what the premier said and we don't like it. Uh-huh. Express, uh -huh. express yourself. Uh-huh. That's the least you could do. I wouldn't even go to the loan manager. I've got a manager lock yourself in 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 in, in he, he room on the fourth floor. Okay. You need to get out there in a line. Call Rejma. You know she need a little piece. Call her. We need to get out to every one of them. And I would start with RBC. I walking on the road the other night and I look up and I see the big pretty sign. I say all it is is prettiness. Like I lost for the face and stink everywhere else. Yes, but we to do certain things in, in this country as people, as electors, mm -hmm. as people who own this, this, this terra firma. We are Caymanians. Why it is that we can't get out and walk for the next generation? What our next generations mm -hmm. I can see are going to be doing is the same thing we are doing. Raising mm -hmm, mm -hmm. our voices, no part in the system, no economy. Mm -hmm nothing but mm -hmm. that's the, the suggestion is pure and we don't we shouldn't have to wait for anybody to murmur about that mm -hmm. we should know what it is remember in other countries you see people begin to walk and you got one sign and mm -hmm. you walk behind them mm -hmm. you don't carry no gun you don't carry no machete you don't carry no knife we're not there yet yes, you sir. simply walk and say I am not pleased Mr. Mm -hmm. Bank Manager mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. Politician, first I would walk on the bank managers because they're setting the policy yeah. and they know every word in the contract. Exactly. And I, 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 I had to wonder, to be honest, I had to wonder the people who were messaging me, Tom, but I must go hard and premiere. The question I should have asked them is have they gone hard on their banks? How many of them even called the bank? About told you the truth. Now, what are you going to do about it? Hmm. He, he, made the, he made the application. He made the application. And he got an answer, whether it's a verbal answer or a non-compliance, that's, that, that's an answer too. Mm -hmm. He didn't say how he got it. Or I can't remember him saying how he got it. But the premier came out and told you the truth. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. I got great with the premier for, for certain things like that too, but not in this instance. Mm -hmm. The premier did you a favor. The premier is playing Cayman politics when we were the Cayman Islands and we were Caymanians and we owned it. But he got that deepening genealogy. He got the DNA for that. And I don't know why he don't apply it more often. But I'm, I'm pleased with him this morning. Very pleased, Mr. Premier. And for the people who had the march on Saturday, all I have to say is awesome. It should happen more often. 
What what so March? Like, what March was this? Yeah, uh, March of Jesus from um the, the beach to Georgetown, and it was super, oh. super. It was super. Saw so plenty of young people. Okay. I was surprised to see the young no, people. Nobody invited me. It was um on the radio and all time. But when Charlene called, you want to pick up the phone? Which radio? <laughs> it was a radio thing, man. Oh Lord. Um. So but, they so um, they only wanted to reach twenty percent of people then. All right. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try, I, I trying to get it. I get to understand the one for next year is already in the planning, which is how okay. we do things. Well, maybe I'll get an invite for next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was, it was super. It was awesome. It was awesome when you can carry your from your baby in arms mm -hmm. to the grandmother. That's where we need entertainment in this country. Mm -hmm. We got. Entertainment is people not not to do. That's not. It's not family friendly. It was awesome. Mm, and let me, tell, let me say this now, and then I'm gone. Let me say something. Cayman yes, is not beyond repair. You know, when you repair something, it's never like when it comes from the factory. But based upon the crowd I saw there, it not beyond repair. Yeah, we just need to get up and work real hard at it. And thanks to, to the organizers. And don't forget the sand the next time. And how have a nice day, man. All right, honey chill. 936 Bobo. Call in so I can keep pedaling. Woo, I can feel that yet today. Yes, sir. We had a missed call. Let me call him back. Woo, I tell you what. Don't take long to um work up a little sweat on this bicycle. Hello, I'm Lenny. sorry, but the person you have called is oh, the person you have called is unavailable. Call us back. Call us back. Whew. Um. Mm -hmm. Lenny says, "Oh, here we go." Good morning, caller. Hello. Yeah, morning. Hi, sir. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? Good. Ma, I'm going to call you mama. Mama, mama Sanda now. I'm going to call you. <laughs> you're, like a big, you're like a big mama to us now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talk, talk a little bit about what my, what my friend was talking about. It just now with these uh, the high on this interest rates. It's not, it not nothing mm -hmm. that we can be able to do. No mm -hmm. politician I saw to be the bearer of bad news. Mm -hmm. That no politician could do anything about it. Only one that could help us now would be would be Jesus Himself come along and say and do what He got to do. Mm -hmm. It's that's the simple, cold, hard reality because mm -hmm. it gone too far. And she mm -hmm. just said it, that Cayman is is not beyond repair. It is beyond repair. Trust me. When it comes to certain things like that, people the three percent control the world, and Cayman is part of the world. Mm -hmm. All of these banks are tied to the UK. They're tied to the World Bank and other big time banks in in United States and stuff. And if United States can can accept can accept the blow that they've been accepting, just just taking it in their face, we can how do the same thing too. It's a different economy, mm -hmm. but the bank rule came on and they own came on. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. And them need a if any politicians step in and start to get faced, he'll never he. He'll never run again for politics. He he career would be over if any if any of them politicians step up and try to be faced to the bank and say, Well, you do this or you do that and, 
and this is it. They gonna get they gonna get blacklisted. The same politicians you think you think that they that they controlling anything. The Cayman people better wake up. I mean, yeah, I just I tell mean, them I'm a go to the cold hard reality this true. morning, the cold hard too. That's right. Yeah. But the the, th the thing for me <laughs> is um it's not even about face to right because let's be honest as politicians you need to know how to have you know dialogue with people right on a respectable level and i think that that can be done and i'm assuming that's how the premier you can be firm but respect respectable at the same time right but i would rather have the cold hard truth yeah, yeah. than, than putting up a lie and i feel these people who, who uh, are yeah, making people believe they can do something they're putting up a lie just for the sake of votes yeah, yeah i agree i agree what i really need is to talk about is the is the is the overall monster in the room uh inflation is tied is tied to these bank rates too mm -hmm. that is what they need to do the same thing how uh how mr bush is proposing the bill to say uh to try uh, to try and control the banks from 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 going up with the interest rates every time north america goes up with it or or anywhere else goes up with it that that is associated with our banks here he need they need to do the same thing too with a with a with a consumer protection law. That is what they need seriously in here because the banks is just a merchant, you know, just like mm -hmm. the supermarket and everything. Supermarket so, goes up with the so, with, with, with the prices every yeah, day. That's right. And yeah, and, and nobody right. nobody not gonna control over them either. So, you know, is nobody not touching those monsters in the room. Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. labor and the labor issue is tied to it too, because if Cayman had a stronger economy. With the with the with with with, with Cayman laborers, more money would be generated into our economy, and then the, the the government could use the Cayman people money to do other business if that's if that's what they feel that they could do to say and help uh, subsidize some of these mortgages and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But Caymanians not gonna save it in the bank. They got they got they got loans mm -hmm. uh, for one to go out. not gonna job or they underpaid. So we we're between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sorry to tell them it's gonna be a it's gonna be a cold winter. Mm -hmm. It's gonna mm -hmm. be a cold winter. Mm -hmm. All right, that was my contribution. Thank you, for honey. Today. I appreciate it. I got a few more pedals in just now. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, that's good. That's Thanks. good. <laughs> oh yes, we we can we can, we can keep this up. And one thing we can do is, is we're gonna be consistent on this bicycle, even if it's just ten minutes for the day. You were talking about um. Who am I getting fit for? Your sneaky links or what? Men like them curvy dimes. Here this tool now. What a hot mess. You can be slim and curvy at the same time, Johan. I've been there, so I should know. We're going to slim it down. And look, look, look at a little sweat. No, so one little, pie, one little bit of pedaling. All right. Um, I think we're off radio now. Anywho. So why don't y'all pedal with me? I think we can play a little bit of music. Ow. I got to watch my foot in these pedals, you know. Um, I need to tighten the little thing, that, the little shoe, whatever you call it, where you put your foot in. All right. How about we do five minutes of pedaling? So we know at least I got a good few little minutes in. Anybody else want to join me in the live stream? Maybe you can do five minutes of jumping jacks while I pedal. Any challengers? Anybody else want to bring it? Yes, honey child. Let me get on it. Ooh, what kind of music do y'all like to work out to when you work out? You gotta be something upbeat, honey child. So all right, somebody can time me. Let me see now. I gotta find these. Um, okay, new workout. You got all these fancy things that I watch. Indoor walking. Oh, this is Denny. 
Danny, what's up? Nothing much. I had to get your hands approval for I could follow the show today. Outdoor cycling, indoor cycling. Let's do this one. Okay, so ready? Three, two, one. All right, let's get a little five minutes in. Ugh. Oh, my Lord. Go on, Denny. Talk for five minutes. Um, I've been listening to what you've been talking about, mm-hmm. about the interest rates. And um, I, I know it's always a, a tendency to want to price control, but there are two sides to that. Yes, sir. more than and, two. And if I could take if I could take it away from interest rates for a little bit to make a broader point before I get back to the interest rate. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, we have hurricane season coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the, the probability is that you could have multiple islands damaged by a hurricane. Mm-hmm. So if people haven't um, done so already, they might be looking to get a generator if we were to lose power for some period of time. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the typical complaints you get is that, well, the stores are just price gouging because they're jacking up the, um, the prices on the generators. Well, you know, the companies are not just going to manufacture an unlimited number of generators and put them on the shelf and hope that at some point in time they sell. They're just going to make what they think they need. And if we end up in a situation where um, we have a hurricane and multiple islands are clamoring for those generators, what will happen a lot of times is that one island will say, well, you know, I, I need a certain amount of generators. Uh, I'll, well, what does it cost? And they'll say, well, um, we don't have any more. We've you know, already sold them to someone else. And if that starts a bidding war because the, the suppliers would say, well, well, I need some, so I need access to some of your, your next ones. And before you know it, uh, the price has gone up. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the store locally that's doing it. It's the manufacturer selling to the wholesalers or whatever that's willing to pay the most for these generators. And if they have to ramp up their production to an unnatural level, it's going to cost them more to produce. um, Let's say they only produce generators for 12 or 14 hours a day. And you want them now to produce 24 hours a day because you have an emergency that has additional costs. And they're going to pass that cost on. If you don't want to pay that additional cost, then you won't get the generator. And so you could have a policy that says, oh, we're not going to pay more than X amount for a generator. Well, you could say that, mm-hmm. but if the store can't sell it for what it costs plus a profit, they're not going to order it. Mm-hmm. And so you, so you can have the law that says you can't charge more than a certain amount, but what you'll also have is no generator. Right. Right. And so the same is true when you're dealing with money. If I could make a certain, if let's just say Sandy had 
$5 million and she wanted to park it somewhere, um, Sandy's going to be looking for the best rate. Well, if the best rate is another jurisdiction, why would Sandy put it in this jurisdiction if we are significantly below what other places are paying to borrow the money? Because buy, banks are buying and selling money in the same way that A.L. Thompson would be buying and selling a generator. They buy it from you at a certain interest rate and they sell it to the consumer at a higher interest rate. Right? So that's buying and selling money. And the, and, and the money is going to go to the place where they can get the best return. So what you'll end up finding is that it'll be harder to get access to money if you start controlling interest rates in that way. One of the problems that I have with, you see this policy about, you know, you can't import, like there's people who are thinking, oh, the individual shouldn't be able to import more than one car or whatever, right? Well, you got to be careful with that because you can end up in a situation where only certain people can import. And the smaller that pool is, then that smaller pool can say, oh, you know what? Uh, we're going to charge this amount for the cars. And you end up with uh, much higher prices because, in effect, you end up with what is effectively a monopoly. Yes. Th these things are not good for us. I think that competition is the best way to do it. But there's one area that I would like to see addressed by legislation in relation to banks and the taking of someone's home. For example, <laughs> banks used to be less aggressive in the past. Um, what happened, I'm told, is that the Chief Justice gave um, an opinion about what an auction is, and he included um, listing a, uh, a property on the, um, for example, the Cereba uh, um, database as that's, a, that's an auction, so whoever wants to bid the most for it could and what that has meant is that it, it is that the banks can more quickly take away your home now mm. i think there needs to be some degree of oversight judicial oversight of um of that because for example if you're 22 years old and you just bought a place and circumstances for whatever the reason might be mm -hmm. has it that you lost your home Mm -hmm. you can recover oh, but yeah. if you are in middle age, well you you could older, recover with a new mortgage potentially yes yes yeah okay. but, but if you're in middle age or higher the circumstances of, of you recovering uh, are next to none and so you need to have those different considerations look the interests of the home owner needs to be protected because the, the current arrangement it's just all in the hands of the banks without any protection or oversight or consideration of the part of the homeowner mm -hmm. and that's why i believe you need judicial oversight 
and that's where the legislation... Well, here, here, here's the problem with judicial oversight, right? You have, um, say, judges, because it would be a grand court matter, looking at uh, things in relation to finance and mortgages where they may not have any particular um, expertise or knowledge of, but it, it's a basic principle. You borrow money from someone and you agree to pay it back. That's why I tell people, read your contracts before you sign them. You agree to pay it back with certain conditions. So um, we have someone here who just made a comment I found interesting, Alberto. He said, the banks can be forced to negotiate simply by changing a few laws as it relates to repossession of property. As long as the customer pays the original agreed loan rate, no possession allowed. When rates return, negotiate refinancing, including the amount accrued when rates were inflated. We all win. But how could you do that? How could well, you, I don't understand well, how, but, when you're running you know, a business. Well, you say when you're talking about the courts and expertise, the courts has expertise in financial matters. However, this is more of a legal matter. This is, if you've, if you've written a law, it's more about, well, what does the law allow, right? And so, but but it's not a question of whether the banks have expertise in financial matters. Well, I'm they, telling they you, the, the the contracts that you sign with the banks allow them to do what they do. Sure. And and sure. here here's the but, other thing, but, right? If you're willing to undermine contract law to say that okay, you can agree to one thing, but if it goes to court, we're going to allow you to do something else. It wouldn't stop with just banks. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that you need to have legislation that considers the circumstances and considers the rights of the, of the person who has the loan. The way it is right now, the only interest that is being considered is that of bank. And, and what I'm saying is, and is not all circumstances are the same. Yeah. Younger, younger people have different possibilities from older people yeah but you do you do understand this too right danny let me say this in relation to banks and it took me a while to kind of understand this from a banking perspective right when someone starts a default on a mortgage and you say oh give them three months six months write legislation where they cannot start the process of taking someone's um, house right away first of all the process of taking it doesn't happen overnight the process of a for sale can be years before you're able no, no, to. No, 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 not anymore. Not, not since the, the chief justice made. No, that, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm talking about the entire. No, no, no. I'm talking about the entire process of it takes years. So even if you get them to court once they've defaulted on a mortgage and you win, you're not going to sell a mortgage, a foreclosure home overnight. On average, it takes in excess of a year to sell a foreclosure home. Any realtor can tell you that, right? So overall, that person's still going to be living in the house, mortgage-free, potentially damaging the house at wear and tear. I've seen situations where banks get a house back and they still can't sell it because of the condition that the property owner left the house in because they're like, well, I'm going to be kicked out. I'm going to lose the house. I don't give a damn. So then they leave it in the worst possible. I've seen my neighbor do this where I used to live in an apartment. The bank had to come in. It sat in the market for two years. Nobody would buy it. The bank had to come in and pay contractors to actually fix up the house before they could put it back in the market. But here's, here's the problem. 
within the first two months of a default, unless you know something very, very specific that the bank don't know, and that's why you need to talk to them, right? The chances of you recovering and being able to make your current payments plus catch up on the arrears, which now have accruing interest on the arrears, is slim to none. That is why even after people, the bank takes your home, they sell it, they still have to turn around and sue you for the balance because the truth is they're not getting their money back. You know how many cases I have seen? I, we could go through on tomorrow's show. We might actually do this. We can go through a couple of cases that really significantly highlight the point. And these are Caymanians who have found themselves borrowing all sorts of money from the bank. And again, keep going back to the bank. Oh, I need another 50, I need another $500,000. I need this over borrowing from the bank was their mistake. And then when they default on it, everything from lawyers to marketing people, whatever, right? People you think, oh, they'll never have any financial problems. But when they do, when they get a divorce and one spouse is like, well, I'm not going to live here with you anymore. you got to force a sale of the house and they stop paying. They can't afford a $10,000 mortgage. All of a sudden, the bank is saying, what are we to do? Give you six months to figure out how you're going to pay us our money? Because that's six months that we're never going to get back. So to be fair to the lender, by the second month, they know in 99% of the cases, those people will never be in a position to recover that mortgage. So why force them to delay and lose even more money, which is something that will impact all of the rest of us as borrowers in banks? Here's what, what one well, person had to say about this situation. They're closely related to the banking industry. They said, um, one second here. I just saw the comment. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, oh, yeah. They said uh, banks do not seek approval from SEMA to increase or decrease interest rates. SEMA is not a central bank like the Bank of England. Um, That's correct. Carrie says Cayman Islands don't have mortgages. The banks can call in the loan they have given you at any time. They're, they're mortgages. No, no, they're not. That, that's that person is correct. What do you mean? That person is correct. That this is one of the differences between, for example, in London, right, versus the Cayman Islands. You can get a mortgage in London, uh -huh. whereas in Cayman, what they call a mortgage here is essentially a demand loan, which what the person is saying is that okay. they feel like taking it from you, they can take it from you. Even if and, you're meeting that, your obligations. Yeah. Something, whatever. The point that I'm trying to make is I'm not trying to say that the, that the bank can't, in legitimate cases, uh, take a person's home from them. What I'm trying to say is that somebody needs to be in a position, the, the law needs to be in a position in which it's, it's also considering circumstances of the individual involved yeah but i mean i've never uh, i've never person, heard in cayman a bank taking somebody's house if they're making their payments though i mean i've never heard that happening um because we have as a, an economy fortunately have not been in some of the situations that other places have been in but let's take for example we had the lockdown this was government inflicted right so what happened is that people were all of a sudden found themselves either without a job mm -hmm. or with less pay. Right? You're at the mercy 
of the bank at the mercy. They're, it's only their goodness if they want to do it. So you don't think that you should have legislation for those kind of con that deals with the con those types of contingencies that are necessary? Mm. It should be spelt out. And and when when you're dealing with someone who, let's say the circumstances is that they just temporarily lost their job. What if what if they're going to get a job in four months and not the three months that the bank wants to take your home in? But with like no consideration? Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. This is what I'm saying. Some the process needs to consider the interests of the individual in there and not just the interests of the bank. I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, put down the banks and, and treat the banks unfairly. I'm arguing for fairness of both parties. That's what I'm arguing for. Mm -hmm. All right. And 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 one more thing. Mm -hmm. If you want to burn more, you, you would have been my entire workout for the day. That's seventeen minutes, Lena. I should have kept pedaling. That's all. <laughs> That's a good warm up. Um, you should be doing strength training. Oh, I, I know. Oh, I know. But you got to start. One, you got to start one day at a time, Denny. Yeah, but I know that you don't like to be extreme. And I'm afraid to tell you that you're going to have to be a little more extreme than what you like if you want to make your goal. Oh, Lord. Woo. I'm getting oh. there. I'm getting there. The weights, the weights don't come. Let's start, start. You need to put some pressure on the muscles. Yes. The, 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 cardi the cardio is that's okay, but you need some strength training and that'll burn more calories for you. All right. Tomorrow uh, we're starting that. In a time frame. All right. What my are you going to do? All right. All right, my dear. Got to run. Got things to do. All right. Have a good one. All right, folks. That's it for me today. Worked up another little sweat. Look at my little edges coming out. Um, you guys have a fantastic day. We will catch you tomorrow morning. Of course, tomorrow's Tuesday, so we'll have Health City on. I'm not sure what tomorrow's topic is, but they'll send it to me in a little bit. So we'll be talking about that. And uh, you guys keep pedaling. Somebody told me that they took me up on the challenge and they couldn't do they couldn't do um, five minutes straight jumping jacks, but they did 30 jumping jacks, took a break and did 30 more. Hey, whatever you can do, start small and work your way up from there. Rome was not uh, developed or built overnight. And uh, we didn't get fat overnight either. We didn't get out of shape overnight. So slow and easy does the race. We're the turtles after all. All right, good people. See you guys tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings.